Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're talking about season five, episode one, the series season premiere, No Sanctuary. A reboot in the series. We did, yeah, we all decided, that continuity thought you knew about before. You, you guys were right about that governor shit. All that. 13, we just want to rinse our hands and start over. <laughs> all that thirteen episodes about the farm gone. <laughs> season premiere, No Sanctuary. Uh, what we talked a lot about this in the instant cast already, so not going to rehash a lot of that stuff. Uh, try to go through this fairly quickly. Um, talk about other things that we didn't talk about, and get with the feedback because I think the feedback is where we're really going to shine this week. Thanks to you guys. Yeah, uh, I forgot what it's like to get the fire hose. <laughs> it's been since Game of Thrones since we've had a show of this of this uh, popularity on. Yeah, yeah, and it just like the the PSIs. <laughs> blew me back yeah and apparently this brutal cuts from week one brutal cuts this was the the biggest showing the most watched show in the history of television on cable yes how how, how many people 17.2 or 17.3 million wow yeah massive broke all records they expected to break the time shifted records as well which makes sense because the last one was set in 2007 when time shifting wasn't really much of a thing Mm. What um, was the, what, what was the last one? The time shifted record. I don't remember the show because oh, you, was it like Sopranos? It, or no, it was some telecast of like a movie or something. Huh? Uh, oh, it was High School Musical two. Okay. Believe it or not, yeah, back no, in two thousand seven. Totally uh, so this just crushed everything else uh, that has been on TV, and they're expecting the time shifting to do the same. We'll see. Right. Time shifting record is like twenty two million, something like that. Sure. So we'll see how it goes. Before we get into the recap, do you have anything to bring up? A couple things. This weekend is Walker Stalker Convention, the Walker Stalker Con. Uh, if you want to get tickets for that, you can go to walkerstalkercon.com. Uh, we gave away a couple sets of tickets last week, and the winners have been informed. But still, chance uh, there's still tickets available. I think there's even VIP tickets available. Um, so there is. Uh, there's. It's a great way to meet and and greet some of your uh, fan favorites stars mm-hmm. uh, i think a lot of like uh, the andrew lincoln and norman reedus uh meet and greets have been sold out but you can still get to their panel and see them there uh lots of cool opportunities we're going to be on a panel at 6 p.m the pod podcasting the walking dead uh we're going to be joining the state the stage with uh, the guys from the talking dead uh from the walker stalker con from the walking dead cast jason and karen Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other things. Walking Dead, Dead Girl's going to be there. Walking Dead Girl's yep. going to be on there. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. And then immediately afterwards, we're going to be doing a meet and greet at, I think, either the Hotel Bar or the Hard Rock, which is right across the street. Mm-hmm. So um, if you want to know exactly when the AfterCon activities are happening, uh, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, at BaldMove and Facebook.com slash BaldMove, respectively. Um, but no, yeah, feel free to come up and see our panel and come up and say hi. Yeah, that'd be cool. Go to walkerstalkercon.com if you want to get tickets. 
Uh, also want to plug on the first official show, the book I wrote in the off season. Uh, mm. I've been talking about my secret project uh, even late last year or early this year, whatever. Uh, I went back and watched all of season one and I wrote a Aaron style review and recap of each episode and a survival guide for each episode. And uh, you can get on Amazon. In fact, if you just go to book.baldmove.com, it'll take you right to the Amazon page. You can read a good chunk of it online for free. If you mm. have Kindle Unlimited, you can read it for free anyway. It's got absolutely no DRM. It's shareable, which means if you buy it, you can let all of your friends with Kindles borrow it. Um, I tried to make it as easy as possible. It's only two ninety nine, and people have already. I've gotten a couple of re- reviews and ratings and some feedback, and everyone's wanting to know: Are you going to do more seasons? Just depends on how many sell, because it took hundreds of hours of my time. <laughs> To get that together, to get the cover, to get uh-huh. it formatted, to get it edited, and I'm really proud of it. And if if you guys, if enough people like it and buy it, then I will. Um, and I can promise one thing: season two will be roughly twice as long because <laughs> <laughs> there's twice as many episodes. What you need to do is you need to get a bullhorn and go to Walking <laughs> Dead and start reading. Uh, go to the, the Walker Stalker Con, start reading your book out loud. To everyone in the halls, maybe wear a giant like sombrero suit. Oh yeah, uh, with your the cover of your book printed on it. Sure, get that on like a like a sandwich placard and just be ringing a bell with a Uh bullhorn, and then have someone run up and punch you and knock you out, and it'll go viral. So none of the guys in the Walker Stalker Con (laughs) know this, but I'm going to use all of my panel time to just read excerpts from the book. (laughs) So what do you think about uh, Daryl and Carol's reunion, Aaron? Interesting question. Chapter one, (laughs) pilot. Um, No, uh, book.baldmove.com. I'd love for you guys to at least uh, try to free sample and love to know what you think. Definitely. All right, let's get into the recap, yeah? Yeah, it was directed by Greg Nicotero and written by Scott Gimple. I think you guys oh, know who yeah. these guys are. Uh, Greg Nicotero has directed a couple episodes, and he's also the zombie wizard that comes up with all the makeup and pros- uh, prosthetic effects, makes the zombies look their gory best. And yep. Scott Gimple's the showrunner. Uh, he's, I think, joined the writing stable in season three. Uh, there was a coup that ousted Mazera, and he took over. This is also the first time we've come into a a third season mm-hmm. with the showrunner intact. Yeah, congratulations, Scott Gimple. You've survived the surviving the, the carnage. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you you have escaped the terminus of of showrunners. Yeah. Oh, did you also know something else happened last week? Huh. AMC just went ahead and renewed the show for season six. So I heard. So when you're premiering to 17.2 million people, that's what you do. In a related note, Bald Move renews its podcasting <laughs> coverage for the Watching Dead for a sixth season. Probably, yeah. Unless they really fuck up this season, I don't know. Like they'd have to fuck it up worse than the end of season three. It's hard to imagine. I can't imagine how. That. I mean, I can definitely imagine a place where we stop covering the series. Uh, but I'm trying to think of how bad it would have to get because. The nature of this thing is even if the second half of the season just really sucks, that you're we're going to be like, well, you know, at least we'll watch another season to see if they can. Because we've this show's had an uneven history and uneven. It has, past. yeah. So I'm trying to think of how bad it would be. It would have to get to the point where we're too busy. Like we're just busy enough to where we can consider dropping it, and it's gotten really bad. But yeah, I don't see it going that way. I'm, Honestly, I'm really hoping they keep up the awesome. We were right on the edge with season four. 
because we hated the way season three ended. We had it, but yeah, we had, yeah. but they had, so they threw us a bone. Uh, there's a new showrunner, and we really like Gimple because he wrote one of the best uh, episodes of of this third season. So there mm-hmm. was a little glimmer of hope there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, so we start off not now, but then uh, with Gareth and company, uh, Mary included in the uh, the train car. Mm-hmm. Uh, says we're trying to do something good there. Uh, you, you're kind of not supposed to know what the hell is going on here mm-hmm. currently um, until we get to now where we see the people who are currently locked in the train car, our mm-hmm. group, constructing weapons from clothing and different train car parts. And they're telling stories kind of how they got to where they are now. Yeah, and I, I'm confused because like the Bob voiceover sounded like it might have been... Because because they that the Bob talking to the people like mm-hmm. so the way this thing works because they talk about it being like a public face and a, a public mode I feel like that they yeah. take people in and they give them interviews uh you know as if like hey you know we're just taking your weapons temporarily and you know we'll interview you and then they they shuffle them into the 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 box car yeah. Rick and companies fuck that up by noticing the poncho and exactly. the other stuff so. Yeah. Not uh, how they wanted to do it. I felt like Bob's voiceover might have come from that interview, because Elsa was kind of a hmm. non sequitur. But then Daryl's voiceover seemed to come from just him sharing current events about because he's talking to yeah. Maggie about Beth, and mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's it was kind of unclear who was talking about what and when. Sure, which I don't really. That's fine. It gave you a gist of like everybody catching up with each other. Sure. Right? Um. So the plan here is to take out. Uh, the people who let them out of the car when they open the door. Uh, instead, they get gassed from above. We're not expecting that. And Rick manages to gouge a guy on the way out. He in, did. In the face. Got him, got, got tagged him. Yeah, so he got to use his belt buckle for something one time. So I thought that was a pretty cool subversion. Mm-hmm. And explainable, too. Because And I think I got a couple emails where people were like, why... Why would they be in the habit of flashbanging slash tear gassing these boxcars when they went into them? It sure. makes perfect sense. This is a people who freed themselves from a boxcar, mm-hmm. probably in similar fashion. Yeah. So they wrote a book on escaping cattle cars from bloodthirsty cannibals. They yep. they and they've come <laughs> up with effective countermeasures. I didn't I thought that was actually fairly brilliant. It is. There are so many things in here that they play with time a little bit. Yeah. Um and I think in a really they, effective way. And they kind of expect you to be smart enough to figure it out. Uh-huh. Which I think everyone was and yeah. I'm glad we didn't have 5 minutes of ponderous dialogue about where we're at and why and how and when. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the, the four people that they drag out of the car are uh, Rick, Glenn, Daryl, and Bob, and they drag them into this room where there's a body being butchered, and they kill four anonymous dudes. Well, uh, semi-anonymous. three anonymous and one but one not anonymous. Super annoying. Yeah, one... So, so the the one guy is from early on in season four when Carol and Rick went scavenging. They found this bleach blonde, gimpy hippie that they had to put mm-hmm. his... Uh, no, she was gimpy, and he just had his shoulder separated. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, he's bleach blonde, and he's a spaz, and we we're both like, how in the hell did this guy survive? Well, he's made it to this far, and no further... 
Fun fact, yeah. this guy plays the equally spazzy Penguin from the new Gotham series on Fox. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, no, I, I've seen the first three episodes. I haven't seen the latest, and it's pretty good. And, of course, our buddies Eric, J- Jesse, and Levi are holding it down, and Gotham Blotter on the Bald Move Network, if you mm-hmm. care to check that out. Uh, did you notice? Yeah. I, I talked about an instant cast, how I, they were blurring out the body of the guy they were carving up. Mm-hmm. That that number one that turns out that that was the Alex guy who was the friendly guy trying to show him around Terminus last season. He ended up got shot in the head in the showdown. Okay, so they eat their own if they have to. But did you notice that they were kind of sluicing his wounds with a chemical, almost like like a bottle of bleach? Yeah, I, I don't know what that's about. Well, I mean, you know, when a body's dead, it must it is contaminated with the zombie virus. I mean, can you? I mean, clearly, you must be able to cook that out of dead humans, or else, or else these people are going to die immediately. I mean, yeah. what's the concept of tainted meat in a universe where everyone is infected with the virus? Yeah, well, here's the other thing, right? I mean, no, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's kind of where I was going. Is so what if they can't cook it out of it? It's already in them. That's true. So eating meat that's contaminated with the same thing that you're contaminated with is not going to make you any worse. Yeah. So, and and really, I don't think it's hard to die from food poisoning. You're sure. probably going to vomit, and you're you're probably going to uh, shit fly out your butt. And by all means, if there's doctors that want to correct me on that, but yeah, if you if you cook the meat pretty good, I, I think that that's going to that's going to do it. Just don't ask for don't ask for rare steak burgers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when when you're asking Mary for a hot plate and you're going to be all right. Sure. Uh, so Bob is there, uh, and he kind of pleads for their lives and tries to trade some info about DC for for their well-being here. I don't think he was trading info. He represented, I told you, man. Like, this is, he's, he's said this story before. Okay. He was just referring to the story he's already told them, and that's why I thought that that earlier voiceover was from their presumed inter- interrogation. I see. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. But Gareth Maybe. doesn't give a shit, right? No, he doesn't care. He just wants to know what's in the bag outside the fence. Uh, Rick tells him. Rick and straight up tells him. Looks positively deranged. Yeah. Uh, makes Gareth threaten Bob uh, with a slightly more painful death, I he- guess. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, you're... You've shown what's going to happen to this guy in about 13 seconds. It's a fairly humane death, though. <laughs> yeah, but... As opposed to getting your eye gouged out. And then have your neck slit open. I'm saying, yeah. I mean, all not all deaths are equal. So, so you're going to give up any kind of secret information you have. You're going to give up everything to save this guy's eye right before he dies? But what... Uh, well, for number one, clearly Rick did not. I think Rick was trying to buy time till he could get his steak out of his pants. Well, he already had a steak <laughs> at. He was trying to cut through with his cut through the zip ties with the wooden steak. Yeah. So he was just kind of keeping the guy talking. Um, sure. And, and in that case, and yeah, you don't want to get. But yeah, so you're saying from Gareth's perspective, I think Gareth was just saying, yeah, I, I'm going to torture your buddy to death, or I'll knock him unconscious and cut his throat. It's up to you. You can tell me what I wanted to know or not. I didn't really have a problem with that. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's standard. Even we saw it on Boardwalk, you know. Tell me what I want to know. You're going to die. Nothing's changing that. Tell me what I want to know, and the death will be quick. That's an effective bargaining tactic. I guess so. I guess so. It just come, it comes down to this idea that 
the effectiveness of this scene is kind of undermined in a couple of ways. One of them being the big one being, I know none of these people die because I've seen previews with them in it. Yeah, I think I think that's I know for interesting a fact because they can't die in this scene. I actually was I didn't see the preview you're referring to. I it's, guess. Do you remember when Glenn? We we were all speculating about Glenn in the sure, bus and sure. he's a walker, isn't he? Well, sure. we all fucking knew he wasn't, and they spoiled it immediately before the show. Did they do the? Okay, we well, talked about whether or not that was a spoiler, but this one is. I mean, having seen them on the road. But I don't remember seeing Glenn. I, or yeah, when I, I watched, I didn't remember, so I was kind of on pins and needles. No, I remembered seeing every single one of them. All right. So there was no way they were going to die. Okay. I was thinking maybe Glenn would. And I was like, sure. wow, that would be ballsy. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you think, speaking of these weapons and this bag of weapons, do you think that Rick is actually going to kill Gareth with that red machete like he threatens to? Whew. Any chance that, that that it comes full circle near the end of this half season and boom red machete to the head yes i kind of think so and i don't okay if they handle that right i mean that's one of those things where it could be extremely hokey we need machete watch like i feel like they don't (laughs) want you to do machete watch Uh they want you to forget about machete and then in halfway through season six someone says look what i found it's Chekhov's machete yeah no, I think that I think that they I mean, and it depends on they could it could be super hokey or it could be like badass like Babe Ruth calling a shot. Yes, and it's entirely how they they handle it. But Rick's got the machete back in his possession now. They went and yeah. got the the stash. So, yep. uh, I like the the details about the terminus life where he's like, okay, you know, we can get messy yeah. for now. We need to get all this wrapped up and cleaned up because we got to get the dryers out and put on the public face. What and- the hell's the dryers? <laughs> The the they're aging the meat, aren't they? Oh, that's like, actually that's those hanging drying. corpses. I think they making, have dryers in that room making Rick jerky. Yeah, it did look a little disturbing. Yeah, disturbing. It looked, it looked a little Ugh. dried out. Um, so they also have they have a lot of systems in place here. They're yeah. keeping track of inventory down to the bullet. How many bullets are using in the herding exercises? Yeah, because that's another thing I don't think that is immediately obvious. Like we talked about is. That whole herding and putting into the boxcar and then coming to get, then to get him out of boxcar might have taken place in as little as an hour. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah given the timeline in this episode. Right. Um, we know that the Tyrese and Carol hear the gunshots of them being herded into the A train. Sure. And then the, the Terminus folk are going out and setting are planning to set fireworks away from the facility because they know that that stuff draws walkers. And then this will draw them away. So yeah, I feel like that this, and that's another thing. They're they're extremely efficient at the way they are fleecing their their visitors. Sure, sure. It's very it's it's I don't like it. Kind of works as an, uh, a commentary on industrial farming. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I got the real strong impression when we were watching those people getting butchered that yeah. this, that was a little. I mean, you could almost see a PETA logo uh, in the sure. corner. And and the comments about, you know, you could be the butcher or the cattle. Sure. Throughout this episode. Sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Walking Dead intro. The new, the updated intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they play the theme song. There are, you know, everybody's name is here credited, and there are scenes being shown behind the names. Uh, Rick's scene, he's the, the first one. He gets a bag of guns. The bag of guns that we Eat seen. a bag of guns. Eat a bag of guns. Uh, Norman Reedus gets... What I think is probably the coolest of all, fittingly, it's his name over his winged 
vest mm-hmm. being shot through the wheel of a motorcycle, like through the spoked wheel of a motorcycle. Okay. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, cause that just sums up Daryl, right? Sure. Badass leather vest, motorcycle riding. Although I think if the, they got the crossbow in there, it would have I been... I think the white power triumph is gone now. I think so, yeah. That's been lost in all the, the, the bullshit and confusion from the from Yeah, the after after the prison, it was gone. Right. Um, you got Stephen Yoon with a pocket watch mm-hmm. over his name. The key's the Maggie's vagina, as we've referred to it before. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, speaking of Maggie, Lauren Cohan is over burning paper that turns into uh, either the Terminus map or just a map of Georgia. Hmm. Uh, I can't tell exactly. Then Chandler Riggs. They, have they marked all the snowmobile dealerships? They they did. Okay, yeah, there's one tiny little dot. That's handy near the border. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Chandler Riggs is over this building that says "Away with You" written in blood. Mm. Don't know what that means. Like, stop me if you think any of this actually means anything. Who was it over that? Because Chandler that... Riggs. Oh, okay, because that building was from last season, right? That's one I... of the mini buildings they walked past that had crazy shit written on it. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, a, a lot of this stuff is from previous seasons or sure. this season. Uh, you get Denai Guerrero with um, kind of a, a lattice work of wooden rafters out in a yard uh, okay. near a building. So she's going to do an outdoor barbecue at some point. I think so, yeah. All right. Uh, Melissa McBride over the 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 knife with the knuckles, the sure. brass knuckle she's knife. She's rocking this episode. Yeah, and that's in the woods, and they do kind of a zoom focus thing on the knife. Uh, Michael Kulitz is over a twig grave marker with baby booties on it, like we saw in the Grove. Oh, he's going to kill Holly. Uh, All right. Sure. Yeah, not, not Holly. Holly. <laughs> he's going to cross over he's... to another series. <laughs> quantum jumps, the quantum leap style. <laughs> My God, I can't get anything right. No, Judith. Well, baby ass cooker. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Abraham is going to kill her. You know, that classic series, Quantum Jump. Yes. Uh, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Kenny and Chad Coleman. Now we're getting to the bottom of the barrel here where they don't even bother to separate the names. Hey, fuck you. Chad Coleman is at the top of your barrel. I don't I'm know what barrel you're looking at. I'm not the one who combined him with another name. I don't know what barrel you're looking at, buddy. <laughs> uh, the one that comes barreling through the door and body slams you. <laughs> the barrel chest. Uh, and it's just kind of like a, a darkened, rundown looking hallway. It's nothing too fancy. Uh, then you got a bunch of melted candles and a bloody axe and, you know, walking dead stuff, maps and mm-hmm. uh, all that type of shit. Broken down houses. Is Lawrence Gillier Jr. not credited? That's in part of the main cast? I didn't cast? see it. I didn't see it. Because then you get into, like, executive producers over all this Sasha? stuff. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, Sasha doesn't get a credit. Uh, uh. A lot of people not getting credits. Does that say anything about their uh, status in the show? I don't really know i thought that they had to if you're part of the i mean that's i i feel like and the i've only learned this by reading professional critics i do not have any inside information but i feel like that where you're mentioned in the credits is all about your pay and your contract negotiation and and an ego thing maybe they're saving it also if you're not if you're not credited that you could be a guest star and that they're trying to get some of these guys uh, into a guest star spot mm-hmm. so that they can get a, some Emmy love. I don't know. Okay. But it also kind of scarily implies that maybe Bob Angelo is on his way out. Could be. Could be. He's going to drink himself to death. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get back to the show. Carol and Tyrese are walking down the tracks toward Terminus. 
And Tyrese, uh, uh, Walker pops out of the woods. Tyrese can't kill it, so Carol does. Yeah. Ty- All right, before we get into it, because I know you want to go there. Uh-huh. Let me finish out the scene. All right. A billion more walkers come running out of the woods. Gunshots draw them off, and they head toward... And then uh, Carol and Tyrese head toward the sounds of the shots. Speaking of Holly, it's a really good thing that Little Ass Kicker is from the Holly school of uh, crying when dramatically appropriate, mm-hmm. because they would have mm-hmm. been fucked... If she gotten, you know, <laughs> uh, a little case of the boohoos during this Walker invasion. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of Carol saying that she's not going to stay? She's already made up her mind that she's going to vamoose as soon as she makes contact with the group. Yeah, my question was, why not? Is it because of the banishment or is it because... I mean, we're not in Rick's house to... no more, so... Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, they're kind of just on the road. Um but is it because of that, or is it because she wants to like spare Tyrese's feelings because he's not quite over her what she did with I don't Lizzie? Know, Tyrese and Karen. didn't really jump in there with like, no, that's all right, Carol. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And I also this part about Tyrese not being ready to kill Walkers is some straight up bullshit, right? I, I don't get it. Like he's we, killed a hundred million Walkers already. They've set it up. Because he didn't want to do Finn's duty because it just didn't feel right. And it's like, but then I've seen him kill. Well, I didn't see it all happen off camera. But I saw it. I, it implied that he killed a hojillion walkers. Yeah. We've seen him go like ape shit ballistic. Now, maybe that's what they're trying to do. And they're not doing a great job is that he's got this berserk mode mm-hmm. that he can go into that scares him. And and he's trying okay. to discourage, like he's trying to do the Bruce Banner uh, or David Banner, I'm not even sure which one is the canon anymore. Uh, the Doctor <laughs> Banner doesn't want to turn into Incredible Hulk type of thing. In yeah, which yeah. case, they're not really hitting that quite on the head because it looks mm-hmm. like they're flip flopping kind of between a guy that doesn't want to kill zombies and a guy who's really good at killing zombies. Yeah, it felt like at the end of this episode that he was okay with having killed that guy. Well, we got a lot of feedback on that, and I have my own doubts about whether he actually killed that guy. Because he About didn't want whether or not he killed that guy. He did not want Carol to go in there. So either he did because really, the guy's a walker, probably. Maybe either the guy, either he just did something medieval to that guy mm-hmm. that he doesn't want Carol to see, or he's still breathing. <laughs> guy's hanging by his guts from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> don't go in there, Carol. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I don't know. We'll we'll get to some feedback on that. All right. But, All yeah, right. I I was an. And there, here's everything you need to know about my critique of The Walking Dead. I was really frustrated with Tyrese's character up until he made a douchebag-sized hole in the floor by driving him yeah. into it. And then yeah. it all was forgiven. But sure. up until that moment, I was really fucking fed up with where Tyrese was going. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, all right, so speaking of the guy that he crushes under his mammoth weight... Uh, there's that dude setting up fireworks outside a cabin while he's talking uh, on his radio. Got an inappropriate the... conversation for the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this this guy's not a nice guy. No. Not at all. Uh, he's talking about the chick with the sword and the kid. And Carol and Tyrese sneak up and Wants take the hostage. kid's hat after we bleed him out. <laughs> what? He said, I want the kid's hat after oh. we bleed him out. So he's got yeah. dibs on the farming hat. Sure. Or the uh, anti-farming hat. I think he's got a hat collection. Like the apocalyptic hat collection. Sure. He needs the sheriff's hat to complete the set. Yeah. He's already got Clementine's hat. No, what it is is he's trying to stage a YMCA or a, a 
Shit. YMCA. Not YMCA. He's trying to stage a village people. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, what do you call that? A a tribute band? Okay. And yeah. he's got the Indian costume. He's got he's got the 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 the, the worker. sailor costume. He's got the sailor. He's got that down. He's yeah. he's got the construction worker. Uh-huh. He, he and he'll settle for sheriff's hat for the cop uniform. <laughs> that's a okay. that's a southern fried version of the village people. Yeah, I mean that's, that's an apocalypse compromise. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, because how often are cops going to go wandering through your door? So if he gets that, he got the whole set. Sure. Uh, so they sneak up, they take him hostage, and they do kind of a poor job of interrogating him because Carol wants to just take <laughs> off toward Terminus. Sure. Uh, and she leaves Tyrese and asks Kicker to guard the hostage. Who does a really half-assed job of trying to deny that they're actually evil people. So, And I, I like yeah, the fact... I don't think he denies that he's evil. He tries to. They're like, oh, the, the we just have the ninja girl and the kid, and they attacked us, and uh-huh. we're just trying to protect ourselves. You know how it is. But then he switches into, I'm going to kill you if you don't kill Mimo. Yeah, that's when Carol <laughs> Almost leaves, immediately. Because I think he was peeing himself a little looking at Carol. Carol's a badass. I, She's a straight-up she badass should, in this yeah. episode. She's like straight Sigourney Weaver from Aliens. Yeah, she's the fucking Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. And it starts in this scene because... Yeah, where she covers herself in guts. And no, 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 yeah, but it, but Tyrese grabs her and says, Carol, what are you going to do about Terminus? And yeah. she says, I want to kill him. Yep. The whole fucking place. That is Liam Neeson's style <laughs> badassery. For sure. And then she immediately covers herself in guts, which I love the callback. I mean, that is... Her plan here is perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. She well sees, executed. She she understands that, oh, well, those gunshots attracted them over there, so there's going to be a massive herd coming mm-hmm. over. I'm going to use that to make my way in. And I'm going to grab these fireworks because you might need a distraction. Sure. So, yeah. Great plan. Great plan. Uh, so the hostage gets into Tyrese's head by saying that, you know, Tyrese is a good guy. He probably doesn't want to die today. And he I don't offers got any him, friends. You want to be my friend? He offers him the car and says, just go. Take take ass kicker, take the car, and go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're a good guy. That's why you're going to die today. Yeah, yeah. The, I like that they note how anchor-like babies are in the apocalypse. That's Thank you. I appreciate that. something we've definitely been talking about, and I didn't know if they would actually acknowledge it. Yeah, they certainly tried to lampshade it. Yeah. I'm not thrilled with them continuing to have a baby. Because it's every freaking... But, but what do you do? What do you do? If you're Tyrese in this situation, do you just po- dropkick the baby into the... No, obviously uh, not. ...arms of a walker and peace out? Obviously not. I'm just saying that... And He's... it works. Every time they put this baby in danger, my bowels turn to water and my balls retract, okay? But mm-hmm. I, I, at some level... I did. It was very uncomfortable seeing a dude starting to snap a baby's neck, and the baby's sitting there crying about it. Super and, uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I man, I just that's don't, the point. I don't know. I mean, what's the end game there? Like I said, there's only two ways this can go: dead baby. Yep. Not a huge fan. Uh-huh. Because as much as people say, like Jesus Christ, Aaron, you're bloodthirsty. No. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, huge fan of dead zombie babies. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> baby dying off camera is the best we can hope for. Yes. Because the other, yes. even more nightmarish possibility is she turns into Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen from Full House. <laughs> and I don't want that either. Mm-hmm. I don't need Uncle Jesse. I don't need Bullwinkle impersonations. But, I don't need a five-year-old in The Walking Dead. Then she can turn into the twins from the comics. It's perfect. 
the, <laughs> that story's already been done with Lizzie and what's her face? I know Mika. Mika. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, the the baby's problematic, but what are you gonna do? Just let it die. That said, they're getting a lot of mileage out of her, so hats they off. Because I thought it was an excellent baby endangerment scene they pulled off with uh, a really satisfying moment of badass. Sure. Do you think that – how much is this guy actually getting into the head of Tyrese here? He's he's telling him, like – he's pretty much calling him out, saying you must have been behind some kind of walls, guys like you who don't survive, uh, outside yeah, the walls. Yeah, he's got a peg for sure. Uh, you haven't had to get your hands dirty yet. Uh-huh. I mean, he has a little bit, but not much. So I don't know. This I mean, guy single handedly seems... fighting you out of uh, way out of a horde of a hundred zombies is not getting your hands dirty. Yeah, I felt I felt like don't forget getting to your hands dirty. He meant like killing people, like mm. alive people. Yeah. So Tyrese hasn't done much of that. Anyway, uh, Carol works her way up to the fence where he got she... beat up by Rick. <laughs> He's... You you're right. His hands are filthy. <laughs> Uh, he got his face dirty. He not did. His hands. He did. So Carol works her way up to the fence of Terminus, where she sees the chaos of the walkers approaching, and she takes that opportunity to blow up the propane tank and let all the walkers into Terminus. And again, hallelujah! They, Fucking amazing. Like there were some people bitching and moaning about the fact that that was a conveniently well timed shot with the firework. But I'm just saying, it is. Yes, Hollywood recognize you can't blow up a propane <gasps> tank God. with a bullet. Yeah. Like, again, I said in the instant cast, they finally watched a few seasons of Mythbusters, and they're mm-hmm. coming up. So so I don't know. I mean, I buy that that would work. In fact... Yeah, I do too. Uh, I'm supposed to go camping with my friends that we're, we kind of uh, go out camping and shoot a bunch of guns off. And oh, I got no. rained out last weekend. Oh, no. But last time we did it, uh, we, we shot a couple empty propane cylinders, the little... Mm-hmm. You know, and one of them had some juice in it, and went and let. The, so this time we're going to repeat the experiment, and we're going to set up candles on the range to see if it would actually explode. Unfortunately, I can't report back to let you know if that happened. And please do not try this at home. <laughs> oh my god! I, I guess I can do it because I'm being overseen by a law enforcement officer, believe it or not. So it makes it okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but I, yeah, I can't encourage or condone that type of behavior. Cool. But if I get to do it, I'll let you know All right. whether a firework would do it. Uh, maybe set up a camera. There you maybe go. set up a camera. Rent the high is all speed. I'm saying. Rent the high speed. Oh yeah. Another another Patreon. Twelve hundred frames per second. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, anyway, I love the the bottle rocket RPG here. It was fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Um, and the zombie explosion again. The only thing I could wish is that I didn't see it in the previews because yeah. that was just fucking awesome. The bodies <laughs> flying up, yeah, like so much shrapnel. It's sure. great. It's great. So we go back to the cabin where uh, Tyrese and uh, Hat Guy hear an explosion, and the guy says that Tyrese and Judith are going to die again. Again, he's with the uh, the dying because you're a nice guy, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this cabin, man, this scene is where I noticed this cabin is constructed mostly out of cardboard. Like, you shoot off a firework in the wrong direction, <laughs> this whole thing goes up. I think it's supposed to be insulation. <laughs> okay. All right. Because it was all, it, it, the outside was quite a bit woody, more woody. This was just, it was, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the harsh Georgia winter, some guy was holed up there in his little hunting <laughs> cabin, and, you know, yeah. he was just trying to insulate with cardboard. Sure. Then we go back to Terminus, and everyone is uh, panicking as the flaming walkers invade. 
Carol uses that opportunity to mask herself inside the pack of walkers. Oh, the the flaming dead. Oh man, the the guy who gets his face eaten off by this flaming walker. Yeah, is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a nightmare scenario, right? Yeah, no, it's and then like I said, instant cast. I love the symmetry between you've got people eating dead people. Mm-hmm. And or no, people eat cooking and eating dead people with dead people being cooked and eating live people. It's yeah. it's just great. <laughs> it's amazing. Um what must that smell like? Uh burning flesh? Rotting corpses coming at you On and fire, burning flesh. And all the human hair. I, I all know. mixed together and human hair is is terrible. Yeah. I, I guess any kind of hair. I've not burnt made it habit to burn a lot of hair, but I've I've singed myself in my various experiments. <laughs> uh, and it smells pretty bad. Really, really. The guy who shoots holes in propane tanks with candles yeah. has singed himself. Haven't done that yet, but I have done some other crazy stuff. Uh okay. how about I, I gotta say, idiot survivor of the week, I'm gonna go ahead and call it. That guy. The turtle guy. Turtle man, yep. The man whose zombie avoidance strategy is to sit on your ass <laughs> and alternately scoot without actually moving your hands and legs. I, it, yeah. it, it's like he was a turtle flipped over onto his back. Yeah. And he got his yeah. face eaten off. He deserved it. The guy's an idiot. Every bit of it. <laughs> Every bit of it. So the guys guarding Rick and company uh, are arguing about whether or not to go outside and help. Um, they have a little conversation and get distracted, and boom, Rick is on him. Rick jumps up, stabs him in the neck, kills him, and releases everybody. And they make a big show of it being sure that we see that it's Alex on the table. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think that's going to show be... you how ruthless these people are, you know? Yeah, I, I would just be... First of all, I'd be super surprised if we see if this is the end that we've seen of, of Gareth. And I'd also be super surprised yeah. if he doesn't make some kind of big showy mention about... You know, I, you know, we eat our own, we eat anybody, and you should too, blah, blah, blah. You know, when he gives his big villain speech, inevitably. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. We, what we were doing wasn't wrong. It was survival. Yeah. If you're not like butcher, you're a cattle. And... <laughs> anyway, the group in the train car wonders what the hell exactly is going on outside. And Maggie decides, you know what? Whatever's happening, they'll be back for us. And Maggie starts preparing for a battle. But and Eugene is thinking about how he might compromise the door with a shell. Yeah, what shell? I'm thinking seashell. Like I don't know why they would leave him with <laughs> shells for shotguns. It's not. It's a tube of lipstick. They're just telling him it's a shotgun shell. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie pulled it out of her purse. Right. I don't know why they left Maggie with her purse, but they did. <laughs> uh, Carol breaks off from the walkers and starts killing terminus people. Oh, and they're just feeble zombie. Def- I mean, there's this one woman who's being eaten by three zombies. Mm-hmm. If someone tries to tickle me, I put up more of a fight than that. <laughs> if someone's trying to root around in my insides, I guarantee I'd be throwing bows. I'd be, you know, getting my knees involved. I'd be wiggling. I mean, <laughs> I get it. She, they, the actors have to work with the blood pumps and all the shit they're going on. But yeah, just yeah, the whole, yeah. like, just lay on the ground, with your belly exposed, and go, ah! <laughs> It's I don't know that Walking Dead doesn't usually go Gonzo zombie movie. Yeah, yeah. They did in this episode, and you know it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. But there was a little bit of that kind of like, oh wow, I'd like to see a realistic person be torn apart just once instead of just sitting there and screaming. Well, if Daryl ever gets torn apart, you yeah. know, you know he'll throw some get torn bones. apart like a man. Yeah, he will. He will. <laughs> anyway, on their way out, the guys come across uh, a man with salon quality hair. They come across that. 
uh, weapons and a full room of uh, butchered human corpses hanging out dry. Some pretty horrific shit in this room. And this is where Rick announces his zero tolerance for his bullshit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is the room he made up. Yeah, I'm going to kill every one of these people. It's not, I'm every one of them going to yeah. die. They don't deserve to live. And I think he's right. I think he's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Glenn is not really on board with that plan quite. So he's like, we need to let those people out of that train car over there. Uh, he's He doesn't want to become the type of people who don't help others. Yeah, and this is... Glenn kind of is a Dale-esque emotional get gadfly of the group because he was bit. the one in yeah. season two or season one after you know, the camp gets ravaged by the, the walkers. He's the one like, we don't burn our dead. We bury them and made a big point, even though that was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this isn't totally out of his character. He hasn't been broken yet. Sure. So they go bust him out of the uh, train car and he is a raving lunatic. Facial tattoos. Yeah. Screaming, we're the same, we're the same. Yeah, what do you think he meant by we're the same? Well, if I care to spoil the end of the episode, uh, we find out in a later flashback that this guy is the guy that uh, is grabbing people out of the uh, stock car and gang raping them. And maybe they're eaten. We don't know they're cannibals. But I think him getting out is him just making that point. That you you know now the him determinist people that were the good guys broke out and they're the same as yeah exactly and yeah. they I think they deliberately kept him alive for a long time as a as a, as, a, as a way to torment him because Probably. his hair is super long his beard super long mm-hmm. and he's a raving maniac they've been having their fun with him it seems like yeah seems like it pretty dark. So Carol then finds a room full of goodies, which include an inordinate amount of stuffed animals. Yeah. An entire table in a room dedicated to stuffed animals. The stuffed animals is just horrific because it implies how many children that yeah. they've, they've killed and eaten. Mm-hmm. These people are just, they're, they're all gone psychotic. For sure. Uh, she also finds Rick's watch and Daryl's crossbow. Doesn't give a shit about finding... Michonne's katana, though. Well, I mean, what is she supposed to do? Treat it like it's goodwill on red tag for a day or whatever? I mean, yeah, yeah. She's got shit to do, man. I, I, but she takes the time. My point is, she takes the time to oogle this watch and go, yo, I, re- I remember this watch. This is the watch <laughs> that Rick gave me right before he sent me off. Yeah, yeah, no. And then she, I can't pick, she delicately picks up his crossbow. I can't defend that behavior. All right, you got me. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Anyway, the Terminus people go by uh, as Rick and company are hiding behind some boxes, and they jump out, and in awesome badass fashion, Rick guns them down. I thought this was one of the the cooler scenes. Yeah. And it's classic. Rick just being a badass. It's classic Counter-Strike strategy. We talked about yeah. that when we were watching it in real time. I'm like, that's, you know, when you're in dust and you're behind the, the crate, you don't you don't shoot the first counter terrorist you see. No, you wait till the whole damn team goes by, then you start picking them off. And I was like, "Yeah, sure. someone did it right." <laughs> also, the contrast in styles between the uh, the terminus folk just shooting from the hip, being dumbasses, not really having a lot of effect, and uh, Rick, you know, has a gun looking down the sights. He's actually using it. Yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. And Judd B. He wrote at length about how much that annoyed him uh, being a former Marine. And uh, I'm on your side, Judd. Also the fact that you don't, it, you don't shoot from the hip. I mean, really Rick kind of maybe could have shot from the hip. He was in close range. These are people he's shooting at. True. 
Whereas when you're shooting at walkers, you've got to hit them in the, the head. head. So you need to be looking down the sights. I was slightly annoyed that Rick was using uh, burst fire mode at the end. Okay. Because he was aiming at one zombie at a time and using three to five bullets to do what one would have done as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and zombies don't give a shit about suppressive fire or anything like that. So maybe <laughs> I'm not he was going to get too much on him. For maybe that, he but... was using that because he was also engaging humans too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and switching back and forth would have been tedious. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I like that. They, and then they all end up dying screaming by bullets or teeth because Rick yeah. just shot. I mean, it didn't instantly kill them. Yeah. So a lot of the zombies came in and start chowing down on them. There's a lot of a lot of people getting eaten to death, eaten alive in this episode. That's what you want. It's what you want in a zombie show. So Carol finds the candle room, the room of remembrance. Uh huh. And she's spotted by Mary, and then they fight. Carol wins, of course. Sure. And then Mary gives her like a terminus history, I guess. Like a <laughs> yeah. little education here on terminus. The signs were real <laughs> before Carol shoots her in the leg and. Let's the zombies eat her guts out. Uh, I I really love how Carol walks out of this scene. Sure, like <laughs> she's just she knows exactly what's going to happen. She yeah. opens the door, she stares one in the face, lets it go by. Yeah, I'm a walker just walks like out behind you, him, buddy. That's awesome. I think that also. Ah, I'll wait because there's some feedback on that, so I'll, I'll wait. Well, I was going to bring up Mary's story here. Okay, I mean we we kind of talked about it. Uh, up front, so I won't talk about it too much, but the specifics are um, this was a sanctuary at some point. Sure. According to Mary, anyway. They got out mm-hmm. of the train car when they were held in there, and they took it back. They took Terminus back. Um, and then they heard a message saying, you're the butcher or you're the cattle, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that message is delivered through Gareth. Is Gareth kind of like a messiah figure to them, in a way? I think so, because that's what I was going to talk about, is that I feel like Rick's group goes through this experience, and arguably they kind of have, not with the cannibalism angle, but certainly with being at the hands of the governor. I don't think he was any worse than what we saw, crazy face tattoo guy. Uh, But, you know, I think that Rick has this experience, and they institute better security procedures. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you have to drop your guns and come inside and be separated and held and interrogated. And, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a way to introduce people into, into society. And maybe you don't let the crazy guy at the face tattoos in. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, in the zombie apocalypse, I don't know that he was crazy at the time. You but can, pro, I, you could might, yeah. might profile people a little bit. Face you, tattoos in your society. You're gone. If you got bloody knuckles and face tattoos and a, a biker vest. I'm I'm not saying like I, I would never like say you don't deserve a job or you should get denied housing opportunities <laughs> okay. or cut off from government services. But in the mm. zombie apocalypse, I might shoot you in the face. It's life or death. If you come up to my camp looking that way. What about Carol? Covered in guts, swinging a rifle around. Well, it goes without saying. If you see that coming to your front doorstep, you either shit your pants or you shoot her. Because yeah, because yeah. that's—I mean, she even had it in her hair, man. I know, and it was kind of sexy. <laughs> Honestly, the bright red, <laughs> flaming zombie blood hair. Yeah, yeah. Well, they need to make a line of hair products <laughs> that are tinted, yes, like guts. Yeah, a marketing opportunity. Uh, Walking Dead. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's zombie guts. <laughs> 
All right, so we go back to the cabin, and there are walkers surrounding it now. Uh, hostage man, I forget his name, jumps up. He threatens to snap Judith's neck, and Ooh, he boy. tells Tyrese, hey, drop your weapons and go back outside. Uh, then there's a commercial. No! Dramatic pause. He does! He drops his weapons, and he goes outside. He does, yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> he had a gun! This this guy's hands yeah. were in his balls. Like, he didn't even grab the baby and put his, his hands head by his, his head. Balls. I'm saying it's like his hands were at balls level. So like, oh, you're it's saying one, human shield. You should have been... It's one thing if you're in a movie and you got the you, the hostage and his head is right by your head. It's an easy shot is what you're saying. You're like, Yeah, I'm saying that you should... Yeah. Shoot him in the heart. <laughs> shoot him in the head. Shoot him a lot, a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. You hit him if, in the head, you could probably get him before he could snap Judas neck. Because, I, I mean, you and I know that Tyrese can go outside and hulk those zombies. Sure. I don't know that Tyrese knew that, and that's certainly not a safe strategy. And if you leave yeah, this yeah. guy... I mean, this guy was already, like, smacking his lips, thinking how he's going to carve up baby Judith when uh-huh. Tyrese came back in, which is also horrifying. So, bad, bad job, Tyrese. Yeah, bite-sized snack for a hostage man. You take that shot. I mean, fucking Carol did it. Oh, yeah, I'll put down the weapons. I'll put the... <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she totally did. She, she totally did it right. Uh, well, you know, Tyrese is not as experienced of a killer as Carol is. So, mm-hmm. and he might have known. Hey, I can take these zombies outside. There's only twelve of them. Not a problem. <sighs> that is what's known as the long con. Yeah. Anyway, so back from commercial, we hear uh, Tyrese struggling outside, and then silence. It's just animals screaming and bellowing <laughs> like an yeah. angry beast, like a minotaur yeah. in the in in a maze. It just. <laughs> Just snorting sounds. With arrows. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so the hostage goes out to hostage who's no longer a hostage anymore. Goes to check the windows when Tyrese blasts back through the door, tackling him, <laughs> oh, beating him senseless. Tackling, selling it short. That was a WWE move. Just probably banned. Yeah, probably too many broken backs. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he's screaming, "I won't! I won't!" While he beats this man senseless. Yeah, because he's like, "Yeah, that's how, that's how it's done. Do it." I won't. I won't beat you to death. I won't. I won't. <laughs> but he might. This he feels he so good. Does. I can't stop. I won't stop. Uh, so another, yeah, super badass scene in a series of badass scenes. Uh, then we go back to Sasha in the train car, and she's asking Eugene what the cure is. She wants mm-hmm. to actually know. Like, Imminently sensible. I feel like in the off season, the writers said, okay, okay, we need to step back and say, the audience is clamoring for at least someone yeah. to ask a fucking question. Yeah. Demand an answer. Right. And that's exactly what Sasha does. Bravo, Sasha. Unfortunately, we don't really get an answer. <laughs> we get the answer is too complicated for you to understand, <laughs> so don't ask again. Which, well played by him. It, and it's probably true. Because he said enough techno babble and bullshit that it probably sounded good to the civilians. And honestly... It sounded I, good to me. I, I Yeah, I don't know where I'm at with... You know, it's one of those things where I know what happens in the comics, and I, but they've done enough things different that, that I have no faith that they'll can they'll hold to how it went down in the comics. Mm-hmm. So it, them going down like it went in the comics would be just as surprising as if they didn't. Sure, sure. And I felt like this scene is great at, you know, is he full of bullshit, is he not? I don't know. Yeah, and, and regardless, I mean, I kind of bought his explanation – but at the same time, I love to hate Eugene, and I don't really it's know fu- why. That's the thing. It's 
Eugene's not hateable like some people on this show have been. Yeah, yeah. It's it is. It's fun to hate him. Mm-hmm. I think they intend you to think he's an insufferable ass. Yeah, he makes an Xbox reference here. What? Oh, the red yeah, when he gets red ring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. It's another gamer reference. Yeah, and it 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 kind of shows maybe a little more of his backstory. Like anybody who's going to make that reference is enough into yeah. gaming that they're probably well, he did a gamer that last themselves. season where he's like, "I've stormed the beaches of Normandy. I've blown up the Death <laughs> yeah, Star on yeah. no less than three occasions." <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So we already knew that. About I him. have personally saved Middle Earth from the forces of darkness <laughs> led by Sauron. The betrayal, yep. the betrayer. Yeah, I know. I, I I thought that was really. I'd like to see them work in more references. Yeah, they probably at some will. point. Glenn, who I assume is a is, is a StarCraft champion, be like, "Bitch, please." <laughs> right. I'm the military genius of this group that we've forgotten about since season two. <laughs> I'm tired of this bullshit. I played 3ds every day on my pizza <laughs> route. Come on. Uh, so Eugene mentions fighting fire with fire here, and and that mm. ties into his whole explanation of how they could potentially stop the apocalypse. Indeed. Uh, I felt like it also tied into some of our other characters this episode, especially with Mary and Terminus and that story, like how they had to kind of become these yeah. horrible things to Fight survive. butchers with butchery. Yeah. And and even Tyrese a little bit with this hostage. Yeah. I, I don't know that he feels like he is doing that, but I think that's kind of what he does. Like it, it's an it's almost an us or them sort of thing in the fire versus fire. It'd been super interesting if he'd done the stereotypical Hollywood tough guy, the James Bond move of like killer. She means nothing to me. <laughs> I've been I've been I've been saying we should leave her behind for months. Do it. It's a just it's just a favor. <laughs> then a blood will be on my hands and I'll beat you to death with my bare hands. Yeah, I I don't. I that would don't know. be really funny. Sure, it's a good way to get rid of a unwanted baby, I guess. <laughs> Uh, to it, she's nothing to me. So then they're, they're talking about all this when Rick just busts into the train car, opens the door, and everyone runs out, and they kill a bunch of walkers on the way to the fence, and they hop over. Uh, I thought it was awesome that this is the exact hellscape that Eugene is describing when Rick opens this door. Yes. Hails of gunfire, yes. smoke, fire, walkers. The man's a prophet. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare out there. <laughs> I'm just glad Rick was the one to open that door instead of Gareth, mm-hmm. let's say. Also, I got to say, I keep thinking how they're going to top themselves zombie death-wise. But they yeah. got like guys' heads flopping at an angle. Yeah, Daryl shoved a pipe through a guy's head, mm-hmm. and it was very convincing. And he bashed it to the side. He like, just caved some dude's skull in the side of a building. Yep. So much awesome zombie killing. I love uh, it. Uh, uh, Gareth, it looked like Gareth got shot. It did, yeah, yeah. Rick laid down some suppressive fire and looked like he took a round in the shoulder. I think so. Uh, unless he's just doing some evasive maneuvers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it looked like he got shot, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, so they go out in the woods, they dig up the weapons, and Rick tells them that they're going to go back, and they're going to kill every single one of the people at Terminus. Nobody else wants to go. Nobody. They're all like, we barely made it out. Uh-huh. And then Carol turns up, and everybody forgets about it. Sure. Uh, Daryl's happy. Yeah, Carol and Daryl had a nice, long, uh, forget-all-about-Beth-type reunion. <laughs> Here's your cross. Does Beth bring you crossbows? I don't <laughs> think right. so. That's right. 
I got my own uh, badass poncho. I'm going to be Mr. and Mrs. Poncho. <laughs> that's, that's his poncho. Yeah. They're going to fight over that poncho. Sure. Uh, Carol then takes him back to the cabin where Rick is united with Ass Kicker and Sasha is reunited with Tyrese. And Eugene is reunited with no one. <laughs> mm. Eugene looks on blankly in a, a expression that doesn't tell me anything about what he's thinking, as usual. Sure. Uh, did you like this reunion? Did you think this was better? This was a better, more natural reaction from Rick than when he found out that Carl had to kill his mother. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> okay. um, you uh, know, I get the psychotic break and all that bullshit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't very heroic. Um, honestly, it got a little dusty for me in the Bald Tower when mm. you had back to back Daryl and Carol, Daryl and Rick. I thought was surprisingly emotional. Uh, Rick and Carl and and little baby ass kicker. Yeah. Super emotional. Good stuff. Good uh stuff. it it did it did pay off. Sure. So I I don't know I did I want to take back my criticisms of the bloody baby seat, but it mm. did allow this moment to happen. Yeah, I don't know. The 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 blood on the baby seat was the only problem I had with it. No, I just thought it was, again, how many times are they going to exploit the baby, yeah. the, the missing baby, to be... Uh, and he kind of liked the same thing in Tyrese. How many times are they going to jerk us around with his... Will, is he or isn't he a badass? Sure. How many times is he going to kill a shitload of zombies off screen before it gets to be parody? <laughs> uh, m- maybe the show will we'll find out. It's like At the that. end of the show, they're all holed up in one cabin, uh-huh. last stand style, and Tyrese just goes outside and eliminates the herd. Yeah, he is the he is the asymmetric warfare. Just <laughs> unleash Tyrese on North America. Within six months, it'll be zombie free. Yep. Give him a hammer and forget about it. Yep. Uh, speaking of Tyrese, he then explains to Carol that he had to kill the hostage, and what's more... But don't go in there. I could. Don't go in there. That was a significant part, right? Yeah. Like, I could. Yeah. So something in him has changed. He is now able to kill again. I I, I want to say it's because of the reason that he had to kill there, to save Judith. Like, that's why he's going to kill from now on, not kill just to kill, but kill in the effort of... Preserving, preserving survivors, innocent life, yeah. which is a slippery slope. Yeah, whatever. To some degree, I don't. I don't. You know, Tyrese is the season six Gareth. I just saw something that like I forget it what it was. Maybe it was oh, I was reading a thread on Boardwalk Empire, and someone said you know murdering a bad person is just as bad as murdering a good person. I'm like, it's not entirely fact true. It's not. No, Mm-mm. it's not. You kill a bad killing Hitler is just as bad as killing baby Judith. Right. Tell yeah. me that you believe that. And then tell then, me that then you, you throw in self defense or stuff like that. I mean, come on. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a very naive, stupid way to look at the world. Yeah, it's not black and white. Sorry. Yeah. yeah Sorry. So. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, Rick doesn't know if this fire that is burning is still burning. Carol yeah. says, yeah, yeah, definitely still burning because <laughs> definitely, yeah. the smoke is black. And we don't want to go back there. Yeah, um, which I thought, and, you know, that's a cool callback to last sure. season with Lizzie. W- with the still. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, if it turns white, then we elect a new pope. <laughs> but I think that, uh, why do you think Rick gave up his revenge fantasy? His revenge fantasy? Yeah, uh, I think everyone go... shot it down. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he's the first time that he just wasn't able to nut up and lead everybody. Yeah. 
It's a glenmocracy, not a <laughs> dictatorship. Undermine the dictatorship of the glenmocracy. Uh huh. All right, I like it. Uh, anyway, they they walk back down the train tracks from Terminus, where and this Rick it, modifies the sign to say no sanctuary. This is now a big group of survivors. I, I if you'd asked me, I said, eh, there's probably twelve of them, but there's a lot of people in this group now. This is a sizable force. Yeah. With you know Abe. Oh, what did you think about Abraham and Rosalita? Or Rosita? Rosita, yeah. Uh, what do you think about them uh, whispering, do we tell him yet? No, not yet. I have so many questions about that. We got a little uh, bit of feedback on it, too. I feel like they don't want the rest of this group coming with them to D.C. for some reason. Or that or that Eugene is not actually well, see, telling them the truth. Also, I don't think Rick knows about Eugene. Why would he? Yeah, you're right. He's been He was pulled out. So in the timeline of this episode, it seems like... They were in that car maybe an hour, right? Like, they they put them in that train car. There was a little bit of back and forth. They had enough time to improvise the weapons, which took way less than an hour. Yeah. And then they were immediately, they were pulled out of the train I'm, car and And well, we don't know how, that's the other thing. We have no idea how far away the shack was from yeah. Terminus, but it's probably not that far. Uh, although a guy took a car out, so maybe it is a couple miles, but... Maybe. Um... Anyway, so I don't know what to make of that statement. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk to him, just not yet. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I assume that's going to be an issue that they'll deal with in the next seven episodes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So back to then, Mary is thrown into the back of a train car by the face tattoo guy, and they take another girl out. Did you hear that Gareth said, it's okay, Mom? He called her Mom. I didn't hear that, but I you told me that after the fact, yeah. Yeah, I looked it up on the Wikipedia, and it described the relationship. I'm like, huh? And then, yeah, they claimed that that's what he was saying. I couldn't really understand, and we didn't have... Uh... Subtitles? Yeah. So, yeah, that could be bad news for Carol, right? Because uh-huh. she killed his mom. So now, that, now if Gareth is going to have any kind of revenge, she's probably going to want it on Carol. Sure. Uh, so he promises revenge. Although how would he know the, that Carol did it? He wouldn't. He's not even seen Carol, right? No. Uh, so Gareth promises revenge on t- face tattoo guy uh, and delivers the, the cattle line again that Mary told Carol. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, we have the outro, some preview scenes from next week, and then we have Morgan. A stinger. They've never done this before. Uh, yeah, I've never seen this. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. style. Uh, Morgan takes off his mask on the train tracks. He sees the Terminus sign, and there's some interesting symbol stuff carved into he a tree. He turned to audience and says, I want to talk to you about the Avenger initiative. <laughs> yes, exactly. You need some body armor. Mm-hmm. He's going to become Iron Man next season. <laughs> I really think so. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Iron Man, coincidentally, one of my picks for the zombie apocalypse. No, I believe Iron Man was one of my picks for Boba Fett. Was mine Boba Fett? Might have been Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. Good pick either way. Sure, sure. Both of them pretty... The armor really is what you want. Solid, yeah. I mean, the the laser hands, that's kind of cool too. (laughs) Should we do that? Should we link that in the show notes for people to know what we're talking about? We can. I mean, it's it's an old episode. It sounds bad. It's a Blue Yonder episode we did years and years ago. Yeah, we, we uh, did a... Where we uh, took the top ten picks? Top like, five. Yeah, we did like a rotisserie-style draft of where we just went and we could... I think the rules were you could pick any 
any fictional person. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't have superpowers. Yeah, they couldn't be an a- no aliens, no robots, no superpowers. Yeah, but you could get their kind of identifying weapons or and accessories. Yeah, like yeah. something they would have on their person. So Iron Man would have his suit, Boba, Boba Fett, Fett would have his armor and sure. his, his gun. Right. Uh, that sort of thing. And we picked the top, our top five. Sure. And it was a pretty fun experience. Uh, yeah, I, I had, I had a good, a good time with it. So sure. we'll, we'll link uh, it in the show notes. Sure. Cause it's hard to find elsewise. It's, it's very hard yeah. to find on the net. Yep. We buried it. We've suppressed it. And that's it. We just buried this episode. All right. I hope it's not undead though. It'll come back on us. <laughs> All right, let's get into some pimping. We actually have a sponsor this week, and it's a sponsor we have uh, talked about before. A sponsor we both like. It's Audible. Uh, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove and get a free audiobook download um, when you sign up. They have a shitload of books. They have so many books, uh, you won't be able to ever listen to them all. Human Lifetime is impossible. I really think it is. I think it is. I mean, the 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 one that I would recommend just came out today, actually, is the fifth in kind of the Governor series. I mean, spoiler alert, the Governor is dead. (laughs) I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the Governor dies in this universe. Uh Uh, And it's Lily who has kind of taken over the the compound of Woodbury, and they are trying to deal with, like, a super herd. A super herd has me endlessly fascinated because I want to know what the difference between a herd and a super herd is. Sure, I I like the zombies as ocean uh mechanic yes the the running water of the zombie apocalypse uh the they meet some mysterious religious sect and they have to deal with them they're not quite what they seem oh i love religious as religious sex usually isn't uh so i don't know sounds cool it's the fifth in the the governor series it's called the walking dead descent I'd recommend maybe you check that out because I, I think all of these people are Walking Dead fans here. And if not, there's 150,000 other titles, including uh, all of George R. R. Martin's yeah. Game of Thrones series. Mm-hmm. Uh, great way to get caught up uh, for in time for next season. Yeah, all the the bestsellers are out there right now. Like You got the, the Fault in Our Stars, which you know is a big thing. You got sure. Gone Girl, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, check it out. Audiblepodcast.com slash move. Get a free download when you sign up. What other pimping do we have to do? Uh, we have some some contests we were doing, right? Yeah, we I got, heard about this. We got a contest. The same same rules as we had for the ticket giveaway. Uh, be a subscriber on Subbable, which is free, uh, or uh, get on Patreon and s- sign up that way. And if you're already signed up, you're still eligible. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we're not. You don't have to email us uh, because we're just going to pick winners randomly. But if you want to be considered the winner. Uh, be considered for winning. Get subscribed before the next Tuesday's podcast. So say noon on next Tuesday. Yeah, you're going to win your choice of Blu-ray or DVD editions of season four of The Walking Dead. Yep, you're going to win. Which is loaded with the cool behind-the-scene features and also, yeah, he drops the f-bomb in that. Does he? Yep. They don't know who they're fucking with. Awesome. So there, there's a reason alone to win the contest. <laughs> also, you get a Walking Dead t-shirt from our store. We, yeah. we have several of them, and you, you can check Rick those design, out. Rick design, uh, Daryl design, a mm-hmm. uh, uh, crouching, crouching tiger, tiger hidden, hidden badass. badass. Or, yeah, or crouching redneck hidden badass, I think. Which is also featured on the cover of my book. That's, uh-huh. that's pretty awesome. Uh, you also get a, what is it? Uh, you get a Funko Pop figure. Yeah, those are the, like the kind of um, adorableized versions of the walking dead like they just look cute i think 
everyone knows what these things are, right? I think so. There's they got so them for Star Wars. They many got them out for there the now. Avengers, DC's got them. Yeah. These little six-inch tall doll-looking figures. And... So we haven't decided which one you'll get, but we're kind of open to suggestion, you know, if you want one. Now, the, the Michonne and her pets one is probably not on the table. Like, yeah. the, these big box sets of the stuff. The base-priced Funko but yeah, you get figures. You can probably pick. We're not too picky on, on which ones you guys want. So the winner will get, get their choice, basically. And last and most certainly least, a free copy of my ebook, book right. Walking Dead Survival Guide for Season 1. The unofficial... Cool. Walking Dead Survival Guide. Sounds good. So get those, uh, get signed up for Subbable or Patreon before next Tuesday. And we'll random select one of you each week, uh, and we'll contact you, and uh, you'll get your booty. Yep. What are the pimping? Uh, there's always Patreon. Uh, we talked about patreon.com slash baldmove, subbable.com slash baldmove. Uh, if you're scrambling for a Halloween costume, we got some uh, ideas on baldmove's site. There's a little banner mm-hmm. you can click on to get to the uh, our costume ideas for game of thrones and for uh breaking bad and for the walking dead i have a rick one that i've started not quite finished with it and best of all you can get most of that stuff on amazon offers uh free two-day shipping for prime so you get that yeah. you can use amazon.baldmove.com to purchase that stuff and really help us out uh also i think that's yeah we have other shows on our network too we got uh, American Horror Stories that just started. We got yeah. Gotham Blotter Podcast that just started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing Boardwalk Empire. I feel like there's one other thing. Month of the Dead, baby. Month of the That's Dead. That's what I was think, forgetting about. That's right. We're doing live playthroughs on Twitch TV slash bald move of the season two of the Walking Dead video game from Telltale Games. And we're having a lot of fun with it because the game is like the show ridiculous in places. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to make our characters be the biggest assholes and the biggest dicks to the other survivors that we can yep. as much as the game will let us. Uh, we're playing it all Shane style. So it's a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of people live watching with us. You can get the full archives on YouTube.com slash bald move. There's a playlist just for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Also, movie reviews on Fridays. Yeah. Or Mondays and Fridays? Wednesday and Friday, I think. Or Wednesday and Friday, so you'll yeah. have a movie. Which, which movie review is coming out tomorrow? Um, I believe Diary of the Dead comes out tomorrow. Boom, there you go. No, no, not Diary of the Dead. That's already out. Um, Day of the Dead. Day Sorry. of the Dead. Who'd you do that with? With Jason from Walking Deadcast. Jason C. Yep. So that's exciting. Uh, I think that's it, though, now. I think so. Uh, ready for some feedback now. We got a lot of it, and it's probably going to get better slash worse, depending on if you're hoping to get your feedback read, probably worse. Uh, if you're uh, me trying to cut something down in, into a format we can read, probably worse. But if you're... Uh... <laughs> Wait, you said there was also a better scenario here. <laughs> well, no. The more feedback we get, uh-huh. the, the, the more the cream rises to the crop. I mean, if we just get so five or six just... emails, I have to read fucking every one of them, <laughs> regardless of how stupid it is. Uh, gotcha. I get 500 emails. You know, I can I can be choosy in my yeah, drafting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's start off with Kinder C said, uh, oh, this was something I thought, a question that was kind of personal, but I thought a lot of people would benefit from. She says, hey, I love what you guys are doing and how it's expanded now that you're doing this full time in that respect. Uh, I'm not clear on the logistics, but is it possible to start a complete Bald Move iTunes feed that literally just hosts every episode on the Bald Move network? I'm at present subscribed to 10 plus of your feeds. Some for shows aren't even on anymore, but I think, hey, they may post something eventually. So I say subscribed, which I'm very glad I did for the Breaking Bad. 
And in short, she's asking us, does she really have to carry a dozen separate Bald Move subscriptions, or can we please, maybe, pretty please, if it's technically possible, shove that shit into one feed? It is, in fact, technically possible, and it is, in fact, already a feature of baldmove.com. Little-known feature. Very recently, we actually surfaced that feature. So Yeah, we, we've had it for a while, That you know, and people that have asked us, we've given it to, but we've kind of been... Uh, a soft beta or soft launching it. But now mm-hmm. you go to baldmove.com. If you click on the podcast link, it'll drop down a menu. And all of our current podcasts are on there, but you'll also see at the top all TV podcasts. If you click that, every TV podcast on the Bald Move Network, you will get access to, including Gotham, including Up Years Downstairs. Um, we're working on a separate culture or a lifestyle slash humor slash entertainment where we can get uh, the other Bald Move family podcasts on there. But right now, the TV stuff is there. So subscribe to that, and you'll get it all. It's the TV fire hose. Try to drink mm-hmm. from it. Uh, so thanks for that, Kendra. Uh, Dane R. said, thoughts on cannibalism. Why is there one bin labeled feed as if it's going to livestock? Uh, you tie this uh, elaborate fireworks network they have, the redirect the walkers, uh, with this knowledge, and it's feasible to believe that they're piecing out people to set up a network of fleshy breadcrumbs for the walkers to follow away from Terminus. I see that as a day-to-day system and the firework as an oh-shit plan B. Granted, they could be eating and doing this, and from the hanging bodies, I see that as highly probable. I guess that's, if you're trying to defend Terminus from accusations of cannibalism, it's interesting that they do have, I think the three bins were labeled clean, burn, and feed. Yeah, it's burn, feed, and wash, but same thing. Okay, burn, feed, and wash. Um, But you got to explain why they're aging meat, why they're butchering it and hanging on hooks and leaving it. Here's the other thing. You're not going to lead walkers away with dead meat. It's an attractant. They are only attracted to living flesh. Once that flesh is dead, they no longer give a shit. I don't know that that's true in this, this series. How long does that have to be dead before they don't earn it? It has to be like visibly rotting and smelling, right? I mean, we've seen them kill a uh, chicken uh, yeah, and maybe. feed like, you know, recently dead things. They And, and like Daryl's deer from season one. Yeah, I mean, I assume at some point while they're eating someone, they die. Uh, and they <laughs> right. continue to eat. So I, But they also yeah. go after things that have been, uh, maybe they have to be still warm. Maybe they can't stink of death if it's the, mm-hmm. the, the smell of death repellent theory. I don't know. I don't know, because they're they're completely bled out. Regardless, I don't think uh, Dane, unfortunately, here is right on his theories. Um, he also says he has a, a thoughts on our complaint about Glenn avoiding the bat-knife combo. I said, He says, I really think they should have made Glenn take a bat to the head. Then Daryl or Bob has to navigate with an unconscious Glenn over the shoulder. Think about it. Gareth was ta- wasn't talking to the bat-wielding dumbass. He was talking to the dumbass with the fillet knife. Yeah. Giving the dumbass a name and have Glenn unconscious with the blade to his throat before Gareth stops him to reprimand him for not counting his shells. Uh, I'm with Jim. This could have been more realistic. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. If he actually was able to smack him upside the head and then Glenn God. was a body they had to drag throughout the confrontation. That's a brutal shot. I might have it had would a be problem... A believing that he could function after that i'm like, not to saying the stint, to the base of your neck oh so you're saying that he would have done I permanent think, damage yeah i don't know that glenn would have recovered from something like that i don't know if that's fatal or not it's like you got to break a spine with that right i don't know to separate your 
It certainly knocked you unconscious. And it depended. Yeah. He was hitting him pretty hard, too. He was winding up, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. But then maybe that would be cool. I, I think the logistics of it afterward are certainly cool. Dane continues, thoughts on weapons retrieval. Did anyone else cringe as Michonne was coolly walking away instead of insisting that she get her sword? Were we supposed to believe that Daryl's crossbow was on that table and not the sword? Right. Granted, one determinist people may be carrying it because, you know, it's fucking awesome. The sword, yeah. But I don't see Michonne being cool with leaving the weapon she's so valued uh, since the outbreak. Yeah, now I she's got the double ender, but... feel like they're setting it up same. for her to get that back in a badass way. Because I feel like that he's right, that somebody in Terminus is packing that sword. I don't think we've heard the last of the Terminus folk. Yeah. I hope um, we haven't heard the last of the sword. All right. Tara C. said, okay... I'm thinking the X's she's referring to is the X, the X trail markers that Morgan was investigating at the end of the episode mm-hmm. has to be left by Bob. Everyone else has been together for the whole time, except for him, who is mysteriously picked up all by himself. The sole survivor of his previous groups. The last time we saw Morgan, he was fucking nuts all by himself and clear. Who left those X's man? I honestly don't know. Um, what if they're not X's or crosses? Could be, could be. It's going uh, to tie up with the, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to have Morgan fall in with whoever Beth is with, mm-hmm. because Morgan it doesn't know Beth from anybody. Sure, and we saw and vice the, versa. The uh, Red Cross style cross on the back of that surely car last season. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know who's leaving those. I've thought about it, but I, I can't figure it out. Right on. Uh, David J said, this isn't so much a spoiler, but I do hope they uh, explore this whole you're either the butcher or the cattle concept throughout the season. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I did not leave a non-spoiler in the spoiler section. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> what are you willing to do to survive? What are you willing to do to survive, Jim? Uh, more than eat more my than butthole if it meant no, living no. another day? No, no, no. Really? No. Really? Your butthole has no nutrition. <laughs> Your butthole is where nutrition goes. My to butthole die. could preserve, or could keep a man going for at least three days. No, not the hole itself. It's like limba spread, buddy. The hole is nothing. Oh, okay. You have to eat the anus around the hole. There you go. There you go. Uh, the whole anus assembly. I would do more than Tyrese would do. I would definitely kill <laughs> uh, hostage Hat Man for sure. Uh, David J continues. What are the limits of human morality with the context of zombie apocalypse? Uh, Jim's extends to a no, no butthole philosophy. <laughs> this is something, uh, some somewhat the overarching theme of the series, but it's never been fully explored and certainly was botched with the governor plot. For this reason, I do think they should have suffered a mortal loss at the trough. Someone we care about, perhaps Bob, uh, to really hammer home the points. Glenn or Bob? Why not Daryl? Why not Daryl? Let's put a white boy in danger. And sure. I think I, I in it this season, I absolutely believe Daryl can die. Mm-hmm. So I, I I wouldn't have thought that before any other seasons, but I actually will buy if they put him in danger that this might be the end. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. So I I I agree. I kind of f- think Dana's idea of having one of them getting brained at the bat was the way to go. Yeah, yeah, it would have been cool. Uh, Jesse S said thought it was a pretty great episode, very intense and suspenseful opening, and the episode rarely slowed down from there. I found the capture of the Terminus guy and Tyrese's reluctance to kill to be tiresome though. Our election may be incorrect, but after the Grove incident in which Lizzie was killed, Tyrese didn't appear again until this episode. If I'm correct, then this would mean his deep personal aversion to violence appeared, 
and was solved in over an episode. It felt unearned, and I didn't like that it added anything to his character, or didn't feel like it added anything to his character, who we already knew was a big heart guy and wouldn't kill lightly. Uh, I agree, except for I do mm-hmm. know they've established this aversion. They've just had him get over it by necessity. At, this is at least a third time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is getting old, and they need to decide what the hell they're doing with Tyrese pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, they're flying straight from here on out. Jason said, totally agree with your instant take on the episode. The show decided to embrace the chaos, and every moment was extremely gripping. I didn't care for Judith in the series, but when the guy from Terminus wrapped his hands around her, I couldn't help but root for Tyrese to murder the fuck. I'm a huge fan of the comics, and the pacing of this episode is nothing short of what the comics do. Short and to the point, and I really hope Scott G. can continue to deliver. The last time I remember writing to you was during season two. I had nothing but praise for the Gimple and Lenny James after the episode clear. So, you know, I can't wait to see what's in store for us. Uh, totally agree, Jason. Yeah, probably the most exciting part about the whole episode is seeing that Morgan is coming back. And I like that, too. I think I said that in the, the instant cast that the this felt very comic book pacey. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Peter from Toronto said, I know you hated the character, but I like the way they brought Sam, which is the hat man. Bleach blonde, oh. gimpy hippie, mm-hmm. the gimpy. Uh, how they brought Sam back to the fold and actually felt a tad upset when they smashed his head and slit his throat. <laughs> I did too because it was a horrific scene. Yeah, seeing humans butchered like cattle is disturbing. Well, you're the butcher or you're the cattle. I guess so. Pick one. Uh, Hef from the penthouse in his pajamas says it doesn't seem like the terminites have a great slaughter procedure. Were their bat to the base of skull method damage the victim's brain enough to prevent turning, or are they actually creating taint meat time bombs for the grill? Uh, so this we is a, about that. a technical question, and I guess it boils down to whether you believe that cooking can kill the zombie virus, the one that would actually cause... Because obviously everyone has a zombie virus, but a zombie's disgusting and can lead to septic shock if you eat rotten meat. Mm-hmm. So just don't eat rotten meat, cook it thoroughly, right? That's what we're coming down on. Yeah, I mean, the their only real problem with this comes in when you see how fast the walkers decay. But if you also, if you just, if you just knifed into the brain, you solve that problem as well. Yeah, yeah. Because the zombie virus has to stay dormant in the brain until it can kickstart the cerebellum. So, but again, I, I just don't, I feel like you could probably kill a recently raised zombie and cook it thoroughly and eat it. Probably. I mean, you're already infected, so yeah. why not? Uh, he continues, am I the only one that expected to see Tyree smash through the shack's wooden wall like the Kool-Aid man that delivered a justified beatdown? I, w- I thought he might come in through the roof. I, I After thinking, the grenade. You mentioned the, the cardboard-covered walls. Yeah. I think that would have been super cool if he had just <laughs> come through the walls like in Batman. Yeah. You, have, you, you know, you just played sure. through Batman Arkham City. Yeah, you can punch down literal cardboard walls, right? Yeah, or plywood, I guess, plywood. is what they're supposed to be. Okay. Yeah, do the do the takedowns. Yeah, the problem with that is how the hell does he see where he's going to crash into? He might accidentally crash in and step Batman, on Batman, he's got detective vision. Oh, oh, Yeah, yes. but Tyrese, he could squash Judith accidentally. He's got T-vision. Like, he comes raging in, he picks up that that little carrier, smashes it on the ground, she's done for. He's got T-vision. When he gets enraged, it just, he sees assholes as a red-ringed image okay. through walls. Ugh, a lot of callbacks in that sentence. Uh, Jimmy D said, I hope every Terminize asshole gets eaten alive by walkers. I'm not really interested in seeing any more Terminus people or flashbacks. I'm much more interested in mm. seeing the group make their way to Washington for this bullshit cure. 
Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I'm not buying mullet heads bullshit. <laughs> if he was that much of a genius, I don't think he would have shot an AK-47 in the direction of a gas tank, which is his only source of transportation. Also, he wouldn't. He would be a little bit more scientific. I'm just saying. I think Carol's going to be the one to call his bluff, but I may be wrong. What do you think? There, do you agree with Jimmy? Is Carol going to call some bullshit? That'd be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. If Eugene is in fact a liar, I want to see him put in his place. I want to see that that mullet chopped off and uh, put around Daryl's neck as a souvenir. Ashley H said, "Hey guys, just watch the instant take. Don't know if you watch the Comic Con panels, but over the weekend, Scott Gimple discussed why he decided to go with the stealth f bomb. Decided not to go with the stealth f bomb f bomb last season." Because it's the very last thing you hear in the entire season, he felt that having to drop that word in the middle of the sentence would have been odd. You're wrong. You they are went wrong. through every iteration they could find to find a way to say it, but in the end, he basically just went with the less shitty option. So maybe we can put that debate to rest. The FCC sucks. I I don't know, man, because I've seen both ways, and the stealth f bomb is way fucking cooler. Yeah, it's way, way cooler. Cooler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not as crappy or way cooler, no, which, which sounds better. They just made the wrong call. They made the wrong call on that. I'm sorry. Anyway, Ashley said, enough of that bullshit. I've got some question, a question for you guys. Pure speculation, and maybe this belongs in the spoiler section. Hopefully I didn't fuck it up, because it's not. Do you think Tyrese actually killed the guy in the cabin? I feel like he didn't let Carol go in because he couldn't go through with it, and I wouldn't be surprised if Chewing Gum Guy comes back with Gareth while they're on the road. Would that piss you off? Because mm. I have a kind of a problem with the writers making Tyrese a total dumbass, and I fear that's where it's going. Couple parts of this. So, okay, do I think he killed him? Yes. Yes, I do think he killed him. I'm fifty-fifty on it. Because if not, he's straight up fucking lying to Carol. He's straight up lying to Carol, and he's faking a change of Carol's, heart. Carol as straight well. up murdered his girlfriend. Fine, but he is <laughs> good guy, Tyrese. Like. How manipulative do you think Tyrese is? Because that's a fucking manipulative thing to do. He's lying to her face and faking like he had this change of heart all of a sudden. It's a, it's a very different Tyrese than the guy I see. I don't think he's manipulative, but I also think he could hide things. That's different from being manipulative. Hiding because you're ashamed that you... like. He's talking to a woman... That slathered zombie guts up and single-handedly brought down an entire compound that the Detroit douchebag has been building up as this efficient <laughs> killing machine. Uh-huh. And he's going to tell her, I couldn't kill this fucker? Yeah. No, I... Right? Or, he again... He told her I couldn't kill a walker. Or, again, it could be that this is a scene from Hannibal in there, and he's just fucking gone yeah, savage yeah. with the shit. Yeah, bodies in pieces in there. Yeah, so it, it it could be that too because you notice that like he impaled a walker head on a stake and left it alive, probably so it'd still make noise. Mm-hmm. Um, he took all that shit down. The 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 evidence of his oh. savagery before they got there too. So maybe he's a little embarrassed about how far he gets into these rages. Maybe, but the way he so when they approach, he's kind of out on the porch already with Judith, you would think he would be frantically scrambling around trying to maybe clean up the carnage if that were the case, right? Well, I mean, he did say to the zombie. I, I, mean, I don't know. I was just playing little devil's advocate, but I'm sure. 50-50 I, I on whether... He, I, I'm 100% that he killed that guy. I, I will be 100% pissed, though, 
to answer your question directly, Ashley, that mm-hmm. if he did leave him alive, because they need to stop that shit. Yeah. They need to stop that shit. Scott Gimple, are you hearing me? <laughs> Tyrese needs to understand that he's a badass that can occasionally hurt people to protect the innocent like a little baby. Yeah. And if you can't write the character to be like that after three or four times of trying, then I'm going to hate him. And I don't want to hate Chad Coleman. Yeah, and that's the change. He's of one heart. of my favorite guy, <laughs> likable guys in acting right now. Don't fucking take me there. No, it's the change of heart that he is describing to Carol. That is exactly what you are describing. It's also yes. it's also that butcher or cattle sort of thing. Yeah. And I don't know why you go to the trouble of setting up a theme throughout an episode and then having a character defy that right on by lying about killing someone. Right on. Uh, Nathan P. said, The big problem. Rick is completely right in arguing to go back and finish off the Terminus folks. Think about all the loose ends that would eventually come back to harm the group. Merle kidnapped Glenn and Maggie. The governor comes back to kill Herschel. Who's to say they won't be back again? And we obviously know that they will. The line they'll either run or die is used. Did this group not just escape from a zombie-infested, tank-destroyed, flaming <laughs> prison? Mm-hmm. That's Exhibit A. Why would you not go back and make sure those cannibal torturers stay dead? Hard to argue with that. Yeah. They're leaving this place no less or more wrecked than the prison was, and we know they all survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't... I think Rick was right. You had him. You had him right where you want him. Sure, I, I'm with Rick too. You cowboy up and you pick him off as they try to leave. And they're pretty despicable people. So sure. And then you loot their shit. They got a lot of good meat, meat laying around them. <laughs> a shitload of just stuff. Animals. Go, it's just gonna go to waste. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Mary, aka Bubba, feed it to Jew that she won't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Meat-flavored baby formula. <laughs> I have a rather offbeat theory regarding Morgan's return. What if Morgan's actually a member of Terminus? Bum, bum, bum. Oh, shit. Do you recall the gum-chewing, sadistic, baby-threatening cabin douche that he said that he and other spotters have been setting off the fireworks to distract the walkers from the gunfire? Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps by some ridiculous twist, Morgan had become a member of the Terminus folks and was indeed out on the reconnaissance team only to discover on his way back that his group was destroyed and there was no sanctuary left. Pretty out there, right? That's my crazy contribution. Sure, I suppose that could happen. It could happen. It would be a radically different Morgan. I mean, Morgan's a broken person, and Morgan is a crazy person. I don't know that Morgan is a bad person, and everyone in Terminus turned bad. Is Morgan a cannibal? I don't want to think he is. I don't either. So, but I don't I, know. I felt like the talk that he had with Rick and Clear actually did him some good as far as his mental state. And then maybe he might not be as crazy anymore. He's come to terms with some things. Oh, he's but... still walking around Georgia dressed like the fucking Star-Lord from <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just, we talked about that before the cast, I think. We're like, going to talk about it again. So he doesn't get his face chewed on. Whatever. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a skiing mask. No, it was a hard uh, plastic or rubber mask, wasn't it? I don't think so. I thought uh... it looked to me like it was just something you'd wear when mm. you're snowboarding. Well, anyway, Spencer from KC said, it's so nice to see Carol kicking ass. In the comics, Andrew was a total badass, and it seems like they're sliding Carol into that type of role. Mm-hmm. I actually think Carol at the moment is more similar to comic Andrew than Andrea ever was. Totally agreed. At the end of the episode, it seems like Abraham and Eugene are going to speak to Rick about something, presumably about the fact that Judith is a liability, judging hmm. by how uncomfortable they looked when they saw her. Did you take that look as uncomfortable? I took that look as confirmation that they're with good people. Huh. 
because they didn't know, right? I didn't put two and two together on that scene, them noticing Judith. But I think if that's where they were going, maybe? I think they show up and they see them all hugging and they're reuniting about this baby and they're like, these people must be good. But Maybe. They also made a point of saying what an anchor this baby is, this episode. So if they're going with that theme for the future, maybe that could be pawned off on Abraham and Eugene. Could be. Rosita. I mean, it's an opinion I share what determines people (laughs) uncomfortably enough. Uh Uh-huh. I can't wait to see Rick kill Gareth with that fucking machete. I hope he gets to go Ramsey Bolton on him. Yeah. Yeah. Flaidman hold no secrets. Uh, Noel W. said, major thought for me, I don't want to get all philosophical, but for me, the major thought I'm left wondering is how culpable are the periphery staff of Terminus for what went on there? I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not defending them, but it's a bit like when people discuss World War II and ask how much were the ordinary German people to blame for the atrocities of the Nazis. Feel free to leave that last part out if you... Well, shit. Well, nope, you're getting red. You're a Nazi. You're a known Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> no, well, we've already got you da- tagged. Uh, but I suppose the point is to hear the girl at the end who is clearly being taken to be raped say, please, no, not again. It did make me feel kind of bad for her, despite the fact she's part of a cannibalistic tribe now. Okay, Jim, mm-hmm. what say you? Are we supposed to feel some sort of sympathy for the Terminus folk? Yeah. Yeah. Compare and contrast that to Nazi-era Germans. Uh, I'm curious to well, see what he's going to have to say, actually, folks. It's, it's, so the comparison that she makes is a little different, right? These, these Nazi-era German folk, as you put it, were not necessarily the Nazis. Like, and, she's saying, like, the, the citizens around all that shit that happened with the Nazis. Yeah, I guess like the, t- the people in the towns around the concentration camps, you could argue that they were perhaps being willfully ignorant, but I think that there's a lot of Germans that had no idea. Because, you know, don't forget, America ran POW in concentration camps. Sure. Uh, and we weren't, you know, throwing Japanese Americans in the ovens, okay? Yeah, yeah. I think just because you do something relatively controversial in wartime like round up a group of people that you think are troublemakers uh in the germans cases jews homosexuals gypsies etc in our case it was japanese americans i don't think that you can necessarily say oh they're probably exterminating them and shoving them in ovens and all that you know i think the majority of germans probably thought they were work camps that's different from potentially yeah if every german had a hand in shoving bodies in ovens sure or pulling gold teeth out of corpses yeah, and turning skin into lampshades and paper and shit, that's a lot different argument. And it felt like all these people were part of this rotation. Like, even the, the kitchen crew, there, there, was, there was their first time working the gun rotation. Mm-hmm. But they clearly were old hats at the actual butchery. Sure. And, I, I mean, there's kind of... You can't really say that because someone became bad they were never to be pitied or you should they were always bad sure like even yeah, hitler was an innocent at one time that's that's the thing like these terminus people at one time were the tortured people who were you know not doing anything terrible Th- those are the ones actually that I doing feel, something good feel bad for yeah now once they you know I can even see them busting out and killing the people who had held them captive and tortured them, certainly. Uh, 
to then say that all of that excuses their actions as cannibals mm. and luring people in actively to murder them and eat them, that's not true, certainly. So there's a distinction between who they were and who they are now. That's the then and now of this this episode. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of look at it like they're rabid animals. It's it's tragic that they're in the state that they are now, but mm-hmm. you also can't feel so sorry to the fact that it paralyzes you from dealing with the threat that they pose. You sure. got to put down Old Yeller. You got to put down Gareth. <laughs> Hopefully it's a red-handled machete. Yeah, and I think they're bad people now, but not necessarily then. Uh, Jack K said when Glenn poured Rick to open one of the containers as if this is what we do and the subsequent wacko came out, I think Glenn changed after that. Like those in the sanctuary, I think those in Rick's group will adopt the standards of the sanctuary group, but not the gourmet ones. I think I just saw a change in Glenn's character. Do you think this is going to lead to further hardening of Rick's crew? I mean, uh, obviously to, not to the extent of the butchery, which is, I think, what he meant by the gourmet, but. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't see that change. Uh, and in fact, later in the woods, uh, Glenn is one of the people who doesn't want to go back. Although, you know, they just escaped. So I, was I say, that's a self-preservation. That's move. I don't not think necessarily any, nice I don't think Glenn. that anyone had a moral objection to doing yeah. it. It's more like, yeah, we, we don't really want to get back in that situation. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sure. Uh, maybe I just didn't pick up on it. Okay. Uh, Stephen M says Rick being a leader in the co- uh, the comic series the only thing i can say or i'm sorry being a reader of the comic series the only thing i can say about Rick is Andrew Lincoln's performance what an amazing job after seeing this episode i cannot think of anyone else to portray Rick better than Lincoln yeah it's good hard to argue that he really played a savage guy who still also is believably tender with his daughter and son and carol mm-hmm. yeah I wish the AMC would allow the show to go over to one hour mark to allow more time to tell the story. I would have loved to see more with the then terminus story that bookmarked the episode as well as the time with the gang in the train car. Oh, I would have loved a good 15 minutes of Rick and Abraham leading discussions in a train car of what they've been doing instead of a three minute montage. Um, would have really slowed down the episode. Yeah, my thought is I like extra time when it makes narrative sense. And I kind of dislike having to fit everything to 45-minute chunks. But I don't think AMC would hold to that. And also, this is a unique show in that it's split up into 16-episode seasons. It arguably has some of the most time already to develop plots. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, they get to take a nice break in between shooting to you know, tweak the writing and get everything just right. So they already have a lot of advantages. I don't know that they necessarily need more time. If they needed it, I would hope AMC would give it, and I think they would. And I think you're going to get more of Gareth and his crew. I don't think the then is over yet. Sure. And also, you got to say, you'd rather have them leave you hungry than feeling like you want to throw up. So. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rock in Rock says uh, the MacGyver, he had, didn't like this episode so much. Okay. Uh, said the MacGyver montage of the gang girding up for battle was really awesome. Metal zipper teeth song through rotting wood. All right. All right. Rotting wood song through industrial strength plastic cuffs. What the fuck? That would have been a useless whittling exercise, if anything. Right? That's exactly what I thought. But yet you didn't call bullshit on it. Are you slipping, Jim? I thought I did in the instant cast. Oh, maybe you did. I think I might have. Maybe you did. But yeah, I mean... Yeah, for every time they've launched a firework and exploded propane, you got them using rot, sharpened rotted wood to yeah. saw through a plastic tie. <laughs> right. And now Michonne is using that same sharpened rotted wood as a sword. Yeah. 
And another yeah. one, he had a bunch of points. Some of them we've already talked about. Some of them uh, I don't think we have time to. But he says, I'm glad they revisited the zombie camouflage tactic from season one. However, the complete efficacy of that disguise with the smattering of zombie blood and the muddy face, a throng of zombies zips past her and makes a beeline toward a human approximately 50 feet away. These aren't predators with keen hunting senses or the predator with an infrared hunting goggles. Again, what the fuck? I feel like... I kind of feel him on that. Nah, I didn't have a problem with it at all. But the show's like, well, as long as it doesn't rain, you're cool. Yeah, pretty much. And that's kind of like a show science thing. So you either have to go with it or not. I actually have a what I think is one of the funnier parts of my book mm. where I break down the zombie guts camouflage and the rain and interaction of that. Nice. So plug it into book.bulbmove.com. Tom and Volkswagen said, I followed the Facebook thread during the live watch. Many people posted about the tension they felt as they watched me, where Glenn, Rick, and Daryl were on their knees facing a slow-moving James Bond laser beam, butcher knife, baseball bat-wielding Terminusers. I had no fear. It was mm-hmm. so predictable, it was funny. A massive fail. A lot of plot in this show happens on cue. When you least want a walker, one will appear. When you most need to have a bureaucratic asshat asking how many shells you used, one <laughs> appears. When you most need to sneak up on a lone moron with a box of fireworks spilling the beans about the imminent demise of your friends on a walkie-talkie, hey, one appears. However, when the dude had his hands on baby Holly, I mean baby Judith, my muscles grew tight, my vision blurred, I lost the ability to speak. That was <laughs> tense. I was completely blindsided by the evildoer threatening baby Holly, I mean baby Judith. I think the writers should exploit this device as much as possible. <laughs> I I think Tom might be being sarcastic. Oh, oh, you think so? Because I, when I copied and pasted it, I didn't. But when I'm reading this now, it reads like he's just he's mocking the whole baby endangerment. Hmm. Could be. Although the first half of his email, I feel, is deadly serious. Sure. But he says, overall, not bad by Walking walking Dead standards. Eight out of ten. After all, walkers were on fire. Yeah. What more can you ask for? Literally. Blair in Utah said, hey, long-time listener, first-time emailer. In the instant take, you were talking about the gore factor, specifically about AMC greenlighting the full frontal throat slitting. Mm -hmm. You're wondering why they wouldn't show the body dismember it straight on, but instead showed us a blurry vision of it from Rick's vantage point. I'm not convinced this was censorship. I think it was an aesthetic decision aesthetic decision to keep the viewers in the frame of Rick himself. When they were pulled in the train car, we as viewers were passed out. When Rick awoke and then got curb stomped, we blacked out with Rick again. Uh, this is director's way of keeping us in the viewer ahead of the protagonist more than an AMC being squeamish issue. I would buy that. Yep. I'd but also it's very convenient that as they panned over to people actively butchering a human body, it got blurry. And then as soon as the camera left off, it got sharp again. Yeah, it gets blurry on the the bins. I I don't know. It's arguable either way. I think he's right. I think he's right. Ben G said, "Is there a Bowflex stash in the corner of train car A?" Michael Cudlitz from last season to this season is kind of like a contestant before and after, naked and afraid. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think wow. he looked that much more cut. I thought he looked fairly kind of doughy, tough guy that he did last season. Yeah, I don't remember him exactly from last season. I don't so. think he got a personal trainer for this role. I wish uh. he would, because I think he could be a bit more <laughs> of a hulking badass. But sure, Fracken T said our thing that I or one thing I noticed was that Rick lost some cred in this episode. After they all escaped from Terminus, he insisted on going back to finish them all off. He turned to Daryl last, and you could tell that Daryl's about to shoot him down, but right then, Carol and Tyree showed up. Carol's mere presence in the group is a challenge to Rick's authority, as he is the one to banish her in the first place. 
Imagine if he tried to enforce his law now, he'd be laughed off and maybe even cast out himself. <laughs> if he's a big enough dick about it. Do you agree? Rick Stock is at an all-time low. Man, I kind of do agree. I mean, he did help everybody escape this episode. So I yeah. feel like they've got to value that. About a third of this group is pissed at Rick for some reason or another. A third mm-hmm. of them are obviously loyal, and a third of them don't know him from Adam. Yeah. So you could have a Carol-tocracy. And, every, and everyone is kind of not on board <laughs> with Rick wanting to go back and get freaky on these guys, right? No, and I think there's various that, reasons They've got to be that, questioning but... him, his judgment, a little bit there. No, yeah, you're probably right. So, that's yeah, all, yeah, maybe he's not. That's all we got for feedback. We still got quite a few spoilers in the spoiler section. Okay. If you'd like to give us more feedback, watching dead at baldmove.com. Bring it strong. Get it in early because uh, the rules are I take the first unique take uh, and I take the funny and the interesting ones. Um, a lot of people, you know, I, I got I think I read almost everybody's here, but it gets tough. You know, uh, when four or five people make the same point, you got to go with one of them. So now you're setting up an impossibility here. What is it? You can be. Fast, funny, or smart, but you can't be... Pick two. Pick two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Can't all be right. all three. That's the ball move uh, law of feedback. <laughs> okay. But we're ready for the spoiler section. Until then, again, get the feedback to watchingdead at baldmove.com. Follow along on our live Facebook feed on facebook.com slash baldmove. I think you're stooping to live tweet for The Walking Dead this season, I did right? some tweeting. Yeah, I did there some tweeting. There you go. So follow that at baldmove on Twitter. Mostly during commercials. And uh, there you go. Ready and for Eugene the... scenes. Anytime <laughs> <laughs> the mullet appears, yep. you pick up your cell phone. Let's get to spoilers, man. Cue Sounds some music. good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm A-Rod. See you. With the spoiler section, do we have a lot this week? Uh, fair bit, I guess. Michael McBee okay. said, question for you, Aaron, mainly, do you think they will take Morgan's character to the same place that they did in the comics with his complicated relationship with Michonne? Yes, the answer is definitely yes. P.S. Thank God that Low Winter Sun was canceled so he could come back to The Walking Dead. <laughs> Indi- I have no idea what he's talking about. What complicated relationship with Michonne? So he comes back do they in get the it comics. On? I think it's because Rick said, hey, I got to go back and get this guy. And everybody kind of okay. bitches and moans because it's quite a way out of their way. It's like way out of their way in this in this storyline. Uh-huh. But he makes them. And then we find out, go back to Morgan's and finds out Dwayne has been turned. Um, and they talk him into joining the group. And Michonne and him are, have some attraction. And they get freaky. But then Morgan freaks out and says, hey, I need to take this slow. And, you know, he's got this PTSD and hard t- trouble, you know, forming a, a t- uh, uh, what is it relationships with people mm. but Michonne's kind of patient with him and they have a little bit of a love affair hmm. I think okay. there's a lot of untapped potential in here because there's the plot line in that they still haven't gone to in the comics where Carol uh, gets into a inappropriate relationship with Rick when Lori was still alive oh, and Rick has wow. to put the kibosh on her mm-hmm. and um, also that Tyrese and her had a sexual relationship he was like, you know, using her as a steady pump 
Then mm-hmm. Michonne joined the camp, and Tyrese is all like, yeah, you know, you got Carol versus Michonne. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, you know, and and, and Carol was still just kind of the wallflower. Sword. Yeah. So he got on with her, and she felt rejected that, and she fed herself to a zombie. She yeah, found yeah. a female zombie and, like, tried to have a lesbian scene with her, and it worked. It went... It, the, the, the lesbian yeah. is all too happy to munch her carpet. Let's put it that way. Or the, the zombie. Uh, wow. So I think it would be interesting. And I, I don't know that they could do this with Carol now, but there's kind of a love triangle already. Like Darryl between Daryl and Carol. And Daryl. And Daryl also had a, a definite attraction with Beth. Yeah. Also... Carol was alone with Tyrese. They kind of bonded. Maybe they could put put them back together as an item. And then uh, he rejects her some for some reason. Or I, I don't know. I feel like that that is a strong possibility to have someone's fragile mental state being rejected in a relationship in this tight knit group and how they deal with that. That's definitely something they could do. Maybe they can explore it with. Uh, Morgan and uh, Michonne. Maybe they explore it with Carol and Daryl, but I yeah, feel like that's I, something they could do. Sure. I'm not certain that they could do it with Carol anymore. I feel like she's not in a fragile emotional state. That's what I'm saying. Like she's, she's such a cohesive badass now. No, yeah, I wouldn't buy it yeah. for her to fall apart, but I'm thinking maybe Tara. Oh, there we go. You know, because yeah, Tara forms fast, uh, fast uh, attractions with someone, and maybe yeah. someone will give her the wrong idea, and she'll go for them, and then she'll get rejected and feed Rosita, herself to a zombie. Maybe, maybe Rosita. I don't know. Um, that's a could possibility. Um, it could also be a man. It could be fucking Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> it could be Morgan because he's fragile as hell. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but no, I, I think that that, so definitely that is, uh, a, a wide open possibility. And I think that they should explore some of these now. Um, and not in like the only time they've really done it was like the love triangle between Lori, Shane and Rick. And that was problematic cause it just stretched on for too long. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't buy a lot of premise and there's a lot of wishy-washy crap, but they could make a nice tight compelling storyline there. I think. Mm-hmm. Marquis said, I have a thought about Eugene's storyline. Setting aside for the moment whether TV show Eugene may be on the up and up, there were some hints that maybe Abraham and Rosita don't actually buy Eugene's story. Mm-hmm. Their little back and forth, should we tell them, might indicate that uh, long ago they figured that Eugene was full of shit. Why would they keep up the farce? Maybe because it works as a great defense for them. Hey, strangers, no, you don't want to kill us. This guy can stop the Walker plague. And maybe because they know Eugene is a sad sack and they don't want to hurt his feelings. Eugene <laughs> seems pretty emotionally unpredictable. Maybe they'll worry he'll freak out and go into harm's way if they were exposed. But mostly I think it's because getting Eugene to D.C. gives him a purpose, even if it's one they think is 99% likely to be bullshit. Hmm. I like the defense line. Like, that doesn't work on a Negan type. It doesn't work on a Joe type. It doesn't work on a governor type. Yeah, yeah. But for a lot of people saying, hey, we're escorting this guy, just curing the zombie pl- plague, might very well be a good play to have in your playbook. Sure. I like the the epic nature of their journey as well. Mm. It just it's it's really cool. It feels like Game of Thrones esque, escorting this one person who needs to survive across the landscape. Uh, one last thought: Why did Morgan take off his mask? Yeah, we know a lot. Lenny James did to so let the, us know that it's Morgan, so we'd get all excited <laughs> to see him. But I think Morgan wouldn't yeah. expose himself without any reason. It was an annoying offbeat uh, in a stellar premiere, and had me wondering how that story will go. Good point. 
Yeah. There's no reason for him to take his mask off. He's been traveling with it on. Why not keep it on? Plus, why not keep it on and just keep us in suspense who the fuck it is? Ooh. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Obviously, it's the Star-Lord. Nathan P. said, um, note on foreshadowing. Oh, before we get to Nathan P., I actually want to talk about this in the top of the spoilers because I got a lot of feedback I did not read of people saying crazy face tattoo. Is that I don't, I don't think people made the connection that the guy, the rapist in the boxcar, yeah. was the same guy that they let out of the boxcar who had the long hair and a crazy facial tattoo. Because it's so dark, you can't really see his face tattoos. In the and a lot, a lot of people character. also were, because he looks superficially like the comic book character, saying that's going to be Negan. Yeah. I don't Referencing know. Referencing his hairline. For God's sake, they're looking <laughs> at the man's hairline saying, this is this character. Yeah. The, what about the facial <sighs> tattoos? Um, (laughs) so here's the thing. I don't know why, but Kirkman took to Twitter immediately and squashed it all. Now, why would you do that? Fucking lying. He could be that possibility and he wanted to squash it immediately. But it also, then if that's true, Negan got killed in this episode. Yeah. So I don't think he's lying. And I'm surprised that he jumped to Negan's defense. (laughs) I don't know. Negan, Negan. I don't know. I mean, what if they want to do a storyline, from then with Negan. Is that interesting at all, or does it have to involve the main crew? I don't know. I mean, could, could they endear us enough to the original, to how the original Termis people were, to where we care enough about them that Negan's storyline becomes effective when they're put in peril? Well, the way we instantly cared about the Negan storyline is Negan was like a competent governor, and he was introduced by beating Glenn to death in front of everyone. Yeah. With a baseball yeah. bat, which is why a lot of people were kind of, I think, a lot of comic fans were digging the whole endangerment of the baseball bat because sure. it was like, oh. <laughs> um, and I think that they're going to, there's going to be a similar scene. I think Negan's going to beat, the, I think he's going to beat Daryl to death, honestly. Because that's ja- that's Rick's get out of anything free card. You got a tank rolling on you, Daryl will stop it. Yeah. You got fifty zombies coming at you, Daryl will stop it. Mm-hmm. You got a psychotic brother, <laughs> Daryl will stop him. I mean, he's just the Trump card, right? Yeah. So what better way to introduce a badass and really put some shit into the pants of viewers than have him beat, get the drop on, and beat Daryl to death in front of the entire crew? Yeah. Yeah, especially if it's in a jarring a jarring way. Glenn would work for that, audience. too. I'm just saying that Daryl would work to the nth degree at that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Nathan P. said some foreshadowing notes about the series intro that you talked about up front, Jim. Yeah. On the title sequence, Stephen Young is now, or Yoon, mm-hmm. is now, dis- uh, his, his, uh, his name is now displayed entirely in front of a pocket watch. Yeah. Also in the opening, Glenn is next to be killed by a man wielding a bat. The man begins to swing once, but it's stopped by Bob's muffled shouting. Later, he swings again and is stopped by gunfire. Maggie is also later shown holding the same pocket watch and uses it to help get a weapon. Somehow, I don't see what she was doing. She was cutting out wood with it or something. These yeah. are my thoughts. The fact that Glenn was swung out so early in the season to me says that Glenn will either die at the half-season finale... Not likely, or at the actual season finale, very likely. The pocket watch seems to imply a sense of impending doom, his time running out. It also could be uh, a good on a symbolic front. Glenn's group is captured, and he's nearly beaten with a bat in the season premiere. At the end of the season, the group is once again captured. Glenn is killed with the bat, and the Negan arc can start for season six. Hmm. I don't know if this if the intro has anything to do with that. Yeah, yeah. But I do like the cut of this jib in general. Okay. 
I, I mean, I could definitely see Glenn dying this season. It seems almost inevitable that either he or Maggie or both will die uh, very soon. I Yeah, I just don't think the intro has any bearing on the story for these, these characters. All right, last one. Are you ready? Yep. Edwin C. said, another comic reference I saw was the questioning of Eugene's cure. In the comics, it's revealed he's actually a science teacher, and he used a cure as a way to get people to keep him alive. Okay. But it looks like they might go the opposite way in the show, or he's just really a good liar. Next week's episode looks like will be a lot like the issue with them meeting Gabriel and arriving at the church. Mm-hmm. I wonder if one of our characters are in trouble, because at this point in the comics, Dale, who's still alive, gets bitten by a zombie and goes off into the woods to die when the hunters get him and start to feast on him until he informs them that they're eating contaminated meat. <laughs> they then decide to use him as bait and dump him outside the church while firing on it. If this happens, then hopefully we get something like the awesome badass conclusion that the story Hunter story arc had. Can I ask you what the contaminated meat implies in the comics? D- do people die from that? Well, this was very early on, right? This was just after prison, and okay. at the time, they did not know that everyone was infected and everyone came back. Fine. Did anybody die from eating the contaminated meat? No, because they immediately died from Rick's gun group's oh. bullets. <laughs> okay, well, never mind. But it did, like, because because in this in the in the comic, they cut off. Uh, they did a very um, dairy farm type of strategy from the Walking Dead video game, where they cut off one of his legs, mm-hmm. and they were keeping him alive, and they were just going to slowly eat his limbs, and he came too as, and they were like. You know, saying that's right, old man. Reading your leg, like crazy, and yeah. he just laughs. He goes, "You're eating tainted meat, you fuckers," mm-hmm. and which made them like, you know, uh, have have a problem with it. So, yeah, I don't know that eating tainted cooked meat means anything in that universe either. Okay, I was just seeing if they had established a rule there, but it doesn't seem like they did. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. That's the end of the spoilers. Oh, okay. I thought you were just leaving me hanging there. Yeah, one last time, if this is the last thing you listen to, check out book.baldmove.com for a preview, <laughs> pre, free preview of my Walking Dead Survival Guide book on Amazon. Cool. Sounds good. We'll see you guys next week.